With the crazy world we live in today, many of us seek the adventure of the unknown. Join us everyday Aussies from all walks of life share stories from men and women of all hunting camps. From tips and techniques to the emotional rollercoaster ride of fulfilling a lifelong dream, there is a story to be told by all. Welcome to Hunting Camp Down Under. Alright, it's been a little while since I've spoken to a headset, but um, it's a good time to start. Well, this will be the second one. This will be the second one I do, because I've got another guy I promised one to for a very long time. So you're going now? We're going. We're alive. Look out. Is your mic... Stop playing on your phone. Is this live? <laughs> I feel like I'm breathing in there too loud. I'm going to... I'm gonna... <laughs> Better get this ready. Okay. Well, welcome to another episode of Hunting Camp Down Under. Um, if you haven't noticed, it's not Craig. And it's not Mr. Jake. And it's not Herbie. So it has to be Toby. And I'm sitting here with Dylan and Kira Smith. And if you haven't or don't know who they couple are, um, you will by the end of the evening. So... <laughs> I don't really know how to introduce. Dylan is a bit of a nut for sharing information, loves to share information. Being a teacher, that probably helps his ability to share information. And they both love hunting and um, lots of other things. They live they live the lifestyle of hunting and sustainability. So that's why we've got them on to talk about how they live, what they do with everything. And they're just an interesting couple. And I don't know too many other couples that live the way you two do and utilize as much of our natural well it's unnatural on this continent but <laughs> it's natural but uh imported yeah imported goods <laughs> of the migrants floor. yeah so who here we go so dylan you can rattle off to start with what i don't know how to start it i've never done a couple before Look what what I'd like to do because I've uh, I've always wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> Calm down. What I, uh, because I've been on a few podcasts before. I'm just going to throw Kira in the deep end and tell Kira to start. Why would you so, do that? Get, it's funny. So so you guys. So we're sitting in the lounge room of their house. There's yeah. antlers as well, but there's also copious amounts of alcohol that you brewed but not just normal brewing it's mead from mm. bees yeah you also make soap you have yeah there's none sitting here you do a lot of rug you tan heaps of skins yeah you keep all the meat of everything you shoot mm. almost and everything oh <laughs> uh, we're a little bit slack with livers or at least we have been we've learned that you can mince them and cut them into something like meatloaf yeah that has like a nice um tomato paste center with like a load of cheese that's a really good way to eat liver They're i'm not gonna cook liver you're gonna have to cook that bush. for me one night because i just uh, can't stomach liver. i've got some in the freezer because i'm a bit of a yeah. prepper it is <laughs> it is it is a good way to use you're, it like you, it's it just gets minced up in the in the meatloaf mix and you just don't taste it. Yeah, and I think yeah. do we do the Steve Rinella one? Like we've had like pine nuts no. and cheese and tomato. Sauce. I put pine nuts and cheese in it, but this is not not from that book. It's sort of I yeah. guess. A, but a even Google talking hybrid. prepping, you also can fruit too, don't you? Uh, I can um, fruit, vegetables, 
I make jams. Yeah, all yeah. of all of this stuff is really, really not a common thing anymore. So what? How? How did, did you grow up doing this, or no, did you not even remotely? Did you just meet Dylan and thought I've got to impress him? Um, no, I, I actually was doing <laughs> pres- like food hard. preservation <laughs> and gardening well and truly before I met Dylan. Yep. It was probably some of the river cottage stuff, if I really think back, that got me into it. But if I wanted to go back further, it's Jamie at home. Yeah? Yeah. I'm a big fan. Still watch it all the time. Just the garden stuff and knowing where your food comes from, that was big for me. Yeah. Um, lots of failed garden adventures. I'm lots good of at them. killing stuff. Even vegetables and everything like that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty good if at it's killing brown, some it's plants. Down. If it's green, I don't even have to aim for it. Right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've just been doing it a long time. And I think that's where hunting um, emerged for me. That I would started... have just did the cherry on top. It just completed the cycle if you're it doing did. all the other stuff yeah. as well. Yeah, I've always wanted to learn how to process my own animals. And it started with some quail on our front deck. Which was um, how, myself and my How flatmate. do you gut a quail? How do you gut a quail? Why? Well, hang um, on. Talk about how you get a quail, but when you said there was some quail on our front deck, you didn't just. Did you just walk out the front door and quail. shoot it? Like, oh, talk, yeah, yeah, okay. You, you okay. got into breeding quail. Well, let's reverse, yeah. yeah. Let's so, go further back than that. So, if you started looking at. So, at high school, did you start no. thinking of this or later um, on, just from watching, just seeing it on a cooking show and go, hey, I've never thought about that? that I really should start concentrating on where my food's coming from. I think I wanted to be self-sufficient. I think that's sort of unachievable in Australia. Yeah. Um, unless you want to go proper off-grid. Yeah, yeah. But I wanted to work towards that as much as possible. Yeah. I'm still happy to go to town and get the things that I might need that I can't produce you haven't, here. You haven't, you haven't, quite, haven't quite perfected toilet paper yet? Uh, no, <laughs> no. You know, I, I still have to rush to Coles to get the last packet like everybody else. I'll brush up on your yeah. fighting skills. <laughs> <laughs> Elbowing people at Coles. <laughs> no. Um, so, yeah, back to, the, back to the quail, just to rewind a bit. Um, the quail was not where I wanted to start. I wanted to start with chickens. But our council took issue with having a rooster oh, you were in, the in the town, town boundaries. The yeah, yeah, I was in a house that I'd bought some time before this. And I guess I'd probably, I'm not going to say I'd worked out how to do gardening, but I, I had progressed pretty well. Practiced. Yeah. I was a practiced gardener. Things still died, but it was all good. Um, I guess I wanted to take the next step. And I looked into getting chickens. And to raise chickens, you need a rooster. No roosters are allowed in town. Any town. They're all the same. No. All councils are the same. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I thought we were unique. Wow. No. Good to no, know. No, they're, okay. they're all... Yeah. But noisy roosters are a pain in the ass as well. If they you are. Next door. Yeah. I can understand that. Roosters are very noisy, very loud. And not interested in having a rooster anywhere near me um, at five o'clock in the morning. So I found this little loophole where you can have up to 12 or so poultry, whether they're the male or the female. But not a rooster, as long as they don't call them a rooster. Well, chickens were their own thing. Yeah. If you had chickens, you could have So you could have the male of other have. species. Yeah, yeah so, but everything else was categorised as poultry. Ah. And I was like, okay, well, I could do ducks, but ducks came under this other clause where you had to have a certain amount of distance from somebody else's property because of the smell. Yeah. 
And I was like, okay, well, not ducks. Oh, well, um, what else could I have? Oh, guinea fowl. No, they need a huge aviary. Oh, okay, well, let's think smaller. And that's where those Japanese quail came from. And they're really easy to come by. And at the time, I was really into bento boxing as well. Little mini that? bento lunch boxes. It's um, something in J from Japan where you make like a little rice portion and your little pickled, um, I don't know, turnip or something and pre-cut carrots and you put it together like a little work of art for your lunch. Yeah. And quail eggs go really well in oh, these. Oh, they look, and look the part, And they're super cute. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> How do you sort of know like when they're eggs. boiled? Do you just drop them in and they come out the other side? Like how do you boil a quail egg and know that it's done? Is that like a trick question? No, like I put, okay. I put eggs in for... Like five minutes running or ten minutes solid. Oh, Google it. <laughs> like, what like is it's it? out there. Quail egg is it sixty-seven oh. seconds? No, I'm sure it's not. Might be sixty-eight. <laughs> Stop making Look, fun. This is a live question. Like, there's people out there right now know. going. How, how, how does she know do how I long to boil, boil them for? You just boil them. And if you want soft salmons. Oh. If you want to dip bread into that. them. <laughs> Good luck dipping bread into this. You'd need some tiny soldiers. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So yeah, quail eggs, and then that progressed to the meat. And to process a quail is very straightforward. It's a good pair of shears. Oh, you just split it straight up the middle. Well, to process the animal. Oh, yeah. Snip straight off with the head. Yeah. It's a lot quicker than me having to physically try and... But did you split them as well to gut them? Uh, I only know this because I used to work so, in a chicken abattoir and we used to gut spatchcock, but I could not I think it's fit called my hands zipping, in there. Where you snip down the spine yep. either side and just take the spine out. So I guess that's spatchcocking. I don't know. This is all learned from for me from YouTube. Oh, right. Yeah, we never yeah. grew up doing this. Um, yep. Have no idea how to approach and then, it. And then you might... Just did it from YouTube. And so you were doing that on by yourself. With my best friend. Yeah. Yeah. She wanted the quail eggs for the most part, but she did like quail as well. So she didn't like, want to be there when you killed them. Oh no, she was there. Yeah. Sometimes you'd get one that you'd raise, and you know you'd like that one a fair bit more, and that was tough. So, you know, it'd be like, oh, that person can hold it, and I'll just do the snip. You hold or it. Or the other way around. <laughs> yeah. It's like, how about you hold the one that I really like, but you know, it's a boy, and I have this many boys. Snip done. And uh, yeah, we had a bit of a production line going in there at the end. Um, I think we probably only did five or six the first time. Yeah. Just to learn and see how we had to do it. And yeah, just kind of need small hands for a quail. Yeah, they're not that big. I've had pigeon before. It was just, it yeah. was like fingers to gut them. But they, yeah. we just stewed yeah. them. They tasted good still though. Pigeon yeah. stew. Mm. Well, just like the regular introduced yeah, yeah. pigeon. I used to catch them. In the mines. These ones were Bengala pigeons. Yeah, right. So they, I don't even know if they knew that we'd take them. But yeah, they'd be in the in the sheds and you'd sneak up there in wintertime when you work a long shift. They, yeah. they start brooding and they'd be in oh. the thing. And you'd, I was young and fit, so I'd catch them for old mate. And he'd take them home, <laughs> put them in his hay shed. And then over time, they'd keep returning home. So he'd just go in overnight and net a heap and kill them. Oh. Yeah, right. And they'll... they'll Pretty tasty. You gave me a recipe. Well, they eat them all the time in England, eh? Like it looks like a lot of stuff that we got over here. Like they eat carp and pigs and pigeons and all that sort of stuff overseas, and plenty of Aussies turn their nose up at a lot of it. But it's pretty mm. good tucker. A lot of it. Mm. We're pretty privileged. So you, so when you met Dylan, it must have been some unfortunate circumstances. 
Did you um did you was it hunting brought in the equation early? Do we do we tell the story? No. <laughs> oh, the proper story. That that no. just goes straight away. Like, no one knows you. We don't met worry online. About it. We met online. It's just we yeah. met on Tinder. <laughs> we met on Tinder. <laughs> no. Did you have a profile with your shaved chest and holding a Bowie knife? The way and the way it went. You happy for me? Going to. No, no, no. <laughs> Jeez. Kira, Kira had on her on her profile something about. She enjoys hiking and horse riding and whatever, being out in the bush. And I don't think I had anything about hunting specifically, but one of my pictures I had a rifle. <laughs> and then well, it was it was the it was, was the like, rut. You can't put that up. Yeah, one of my mates was like, "Yeah, that's stupid." I'm like, "Man, if she can't handle the fact that, that I've got a rifle over <laughs> my shoulder in my profile picture, then she doesn't want to be with me anyway." And then it was the rut, um, just over four years ago. I was hunting a property um, sort of not far from Glenness and Kira was hunting a property not far from Glenness. I didn't live in the Northern Tablelands at the time. I lived out near Dubbo. And then our, our Tinder profile radius is there's, there's only three people within that SWAT right yeah. at that point yeah. in time. And they, they overlapped <laughs> and, we, and we matched up. And then I'm, so I was back towards where I'm doing we're doing a lot of our hunting now and started talking to Kira so that's how we basically connected like I think I said hey how's your how was your weekend and she said oh I'm pretty tired because I've been out hunting all weekend I knew it was just like like, I'm done it was just (laughs) (laughs) so tragic she was hunting with a a friend of hers just from what I understand or, or remember just getting into it and I I'd been hunting for a long time before that but I'd only just in the in the couple of years before that, gotten to the point where I had enough deer access where I could like kill as many as I yeah, wanted. It wasn't yeah. like I was lucky to get one or two here and there. Like I was just into them. So uh, that's that's how we met. That, and, that's and pretty. Like everyone else has to explain it to them. Is it like not everyone, but lots do. That's you just skip past all the awkwardness for some yeah. people and the the this like for some. oh you mm. too favorite hobbies are the same that's not like unusual yeah so the the oh, first technically like... gardening came first like, <laughs> and dill's pretty tragic at gardening but he digs a really good hole yeah on you the do muscle dig a very good hole can water me. a tree yeah, yeah. yeah can no. water a tree can can, uh, <laughs> can can remember to turn the tap off when watering a tree oh um, come on that's a bad story yeah. but that so that's you feel really bad but that's how it was like here <laughs> kira was, there was just no, there's no there's no Hidden nothing then. That's just no, bang. It's no, like you're like, no, it's like <gasps> Yeah, Kira was um hanging out with a mate of hers who was showing her the ropes a little bit, but and I was like, Well, this is gonna work out really well if if you're looking to go in this direction with your life, because that's the same thing I'm trying to do. And it's interesting like here in that and I, I mean we've obviously spoken about it before, like as Kira's the, a proper gardener like understands all the stuff and all the companion plants because these ones attract the things that are good for this and whatever and i'm not there at all but i was really into the idea of going in that direction with my life but i was just too lazy and i couldn't yeah, you know, yeah so i was yeah. just like I'll, I'll kill all the animals yeah, yeah. <laughs> but i need someone to you know inspire i'll be the hunter you'll be the gatherer yeah <laughs> so yeah wow, within so old school <laughs> 
Oh, yeah, and then I'll just be in the kitchen preserving as well, just because like, yeah, I can't like it. That's what you like. You enjoy yeah. it. So that's I pretty do. cool. Was your first it. date going hunting then? No. First date was <laughs> talking about meat eater at the pub and then watching meat eater. <laughs> yeah. And then with and then the second date it was Kira's birthday. So it was Kira's birthday was only when was it? Yesterday, the day before, day before. So um, I like all of her friends were sick. And they couldn't go out to dinner, so I drove from my hunting spot to Armadale, and I brought a bunch of venison. I cooked a venison, and then that's pretty. You you got to be a pretty confident cook. Well, to walk out I of the am, bush with I am fresh ethnic. venison. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, yeah. So that was you prepared it seven different ways too. I just made the good old fashioned venison steak, Diane. It's always a winner, and then with and then has so, made it most birthdays. Yeah, yeah. And then, pretty good stuff. So this was just over four years ago. So that entire first year of us seeing each other, I was still living out near Dubbo and Kira was living here. So we'd kind of go back and forth every couple of weeks. So the, the first time Kira came to visit me, we went out chasing pigs on, on a quad bike, um, which she had a number for, which was pretty fun. The was next, different. <laughs> yeah, the next time I came up here, um, we went out camping and just deer hunting like what we do now. Um, and it's it's basically just been going like that steady for. Mm. I moved up here the December of that year, so we started hanging out in um, April, and that was at right at the end of 2018. So in 2019, we had this incredible year of hunting where we're just knocking over stuff left and right because of the drought, and farmers were asking us to deck heap of stuff. So we we had this year of of just endlessly processing. Uh, mostly deer um that's when you start that's when you you start doing more social media sort of stuff yeah just i I was i also um it would have been i think it was that was around the time i started writing columns for sporting shooter so i started to just oh i wouldn't say take stuff more seriously i was just trying to contribute more and i was lucky and still am lucky enough to have enough access so i can just hunt as much as i want so it was a a case of and again i'm a school teacher so i was like well i'm learning a lot of stuff as i go and there are a lot of people who aren't as lucky with as i am with the access and whatever so anything i could help show people or help people to learn things um i liked the idea of trying to contribute to certainly the australian hunting community in a positive way because we're very small compared to the rest of the world and uh and there's not as much information in Australia. No. So like, I know that from watching like your, and then meeting you, your, you, you, if you find any inform- bit of information, it doesn't matter how long you've had it for. If it's handy, you want to pass that straight on. Yeah. Yeah. You, it's not like I'll sit on this for a while. You, yeah. You're like, is any, is this right? That's what I get. The gist from your videos It's like, hey, I've been doing this, and then you want feedback. You want people to say, yeah, yeah, I've been doing that too, and this yeah, is what's yeah. been working. I, that's how your, your Instagram stuff comes across. I'm trying this, and I'm trying this, and I'm trying this, but yeah. then you want interaction. Oh, look, and, and certainly with my newfound obsession with the traditional archery, because doesn't matter how... I mean, not that we're pathetic hunters, but we've been very lucky to kill a stack of deer the last handful of years, but in terms of being a hunter for me personally that means nothing when you or it doesn't mean nothing but doing it with a trad bow is just a completely different kettle of fish mm. but at the same time 
we I, we don't say we're the greatest hunters ever. We're just very lucky with some of the access we have, but we're also really good now at at processing and cooking and all that stuff. So it's like, well, we're not necessarily amazing at finding them and killing them. We're kind of lucky in that way. Um, you have the numbers. Yeah, so, so yeah. you know, in terms of sharing the knowledge, we're not saying we're the best fallow deer hunters ever, but we're saying, you know, we can certainly teach people a bit more about the skinning and the tanning. And there's and always people that want to know that stuff. That's yeah, exactly. Crazy. Which is why I think you should put more. Oh, it's, it's hard. It's, it's boring to watch. It's like watching cricket, watching someone can fruit, to be honest. Let's go all golf or something like that. But it's if you can fairly dull. If you can yeah. bring that that your side of things in as well, like the yeah. whole river cottage. you know River he grew up in the town I live in. Really? River cottage, yeah, Paul did. Yeah. Oh. I never I went to oh, school in North Side. River so. Cottage, like Oh, English River Cottage, the original. Oh, don't but ruin, don't ruin it for the Australians. The, well, we no, but we started the watching the Aussie one recently. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and yeah, really cool did, show. Wait, did I you actually, say it was from Maranda on the thing? I said is. that's where Toby's from. Yeah. 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 Oh, See, he, we he, he moved out of town when I moved into town. So yeah. Yeah. Is, that, is that what happened? Yeah. <laughs> so where he films River Cottage is actually down where I'm from. Oh, right, yeah. So the South Coast. Yeah, yeah. But there is a, like, if you're doing that, you're doing very, like you're saying, you want to do to more showing skinning and mm. techniques and you should bring into the, like you say, use all the meat. Yeah, yeah. And, um... Well, I'd render the fat off deer in particular, the bucks make, in winter. Like, make soap. Yeah. Is that right? Well, when yeah, there is fat it, on a main, like, um, we weren't lucky to kill. There's not much else to do with that fat. It doesn't no. cook real well. No. It doesn't... It, it, how well does it render? Is it hard to render? Because it renders fine for soap. I've never used it for cooking, but that's just because I've managed to get um, yeah. beef tallow. Yeah, the cow fat melts up really nicely. Yeah, we, had, yeah, we were lucky yeah. enough to get a grass-fed steer. Oh, it was the side of grass-fed steer last winter? Nah, it was 2020. <gasps> Really? Oh, no. Okay. That's... And you cut, deliberately cut all the fat off it to keep it? Yeah, cut it all off, just froze it because we had too much to process at the time and dug it out of the freezer. It must have been later that year. So do Rended you... it all down and, yeah. You cut. keep that as cooking fat? Yeah. Because you know, we, yeah. we, we bought, like, we buy and we try everything. We bought um, pork fat to cook with. Yeah, but it's I, a really clean I don't fat know what the temperatures are and I burn it. <laughs> so it's right. like, what... Yeah, the optimum. Yeah, if you're used to cooking with a proper cooking oil, then the the all the yeah vegetables like bulletproof. Yeah, all the animal fats yeah. burn a lot. So, yeah. you, oh, will burn a lot lower temperatures. So I wouldn't necessarily use the beef tallow or the lamb that we render from the the sheep we kill here. You wouldn't use that necessarily like sear a steak, but to yeah. get a whole bunch of stuff going for a big slow cooker meal or something, totally. You know, yeah, throw I, your onions in it. And, yeah, the only time I've I've used the is the the cow or what is it the fat around the stomach or whatever I put I the flare the call fat or the yeah the call fat that's yeah. it mm. yeah kept a heap of that from a couple of deer and then just grated up because it's got flavour to it and then mm. just m- melted onto the thing when I'm cooking it but that's the yeah. only time I've ever used yeah. any fat I don't think anyone does I like there's mm. probably people that do I mean but it's pretty rare yeah but so is there you you find it handy what's the best like so the the, the the stag fat or the buck fat, you make the soap out of it? Mm. Or, yeah. Yeah, just... so it, in soap, it pretty much acts like beef fat or lamb fat. It doesn't act differently when you're mixing it up. Is it a process? Is there like a real... 
It's like three ingredients. You just have to be careful because you're working with an acid before it comes together. Um, but yeah, I tried to say it was simple and then I tried to explain it to Dill. I've watched and Fight I'm Club, I know how to make soap. <laughs> I'm not the school teacher and he's like, oh, you know, you're explaining it a bit too... <laughs> too complex. Oh, well, it, I'm it's like, one well, of those. You do something you all the time, do. it is simple, but yeah, it's, it's for people who know nothing about yeah, it, it's complex. Well, it's when you know. Totally three ingredients. Yeah, when you know, you're like, it's it's very few ingredients. It's just knowing the what to do. But then if you just explain to someone, oh, we'll just heat this up and then put this in and then do this, that's screw it up. So there's a bit of know how, but it's yeah. not. That's like, that's cooking in general, though. Yeah, yeah you just put it on a hot plate yeah. and then turn it over. Until yeah. it's not raw and then yeah. eat it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's how we roll. <laughs> yeah, you can make really complex ones with like essential oils and uh, infused oils. Stuff. And yeah, you can get real fancy. But so, soap so, is kind of soap to me. I do put tea tree oil or eucalyptus yeah. oil in at the end. That's is it a Christmas present? Is it like... Uh, if I'm going to do Christmas presents, presents, I'll go a little bit fancier. And yeah. I might do lavender oil. Mm. Maybe. Oh, right. <laughs> Some of the farmers too, like one in particular who's a really good friend of ours, like she loves all that stuff. So yeah. And, and so any any time we, we kill stuff of her place and then we give her some of the meat or give her soap that we've made with whatever, or we make some mead with honey that some beekeeper's taken off her place like they just love it yeah. uh but the um yeah it when we talk about the deer fat too like anytime we kill a lamb there's just fat all over it mm. but but with the deer you know like if you don't get a buck like you, early you don't March, get them just before they rub out yeah or when they're yeah. just rubbed so out. Yeah. um and then some of the does depending on how good the feed is some of the does that you kill in the middle of winter might be lucky to have a I've still, layer I've on, never got an inch but it's, on them but like it's nothing bucks. like that yeah, yeah. so uh, what about pork fat do you wild pork so the pigs where you hunt don't really get that fat not fat at all nah. I've never shot a pig where yeah, we go that's fat balls. yeah I no, uh, no I mean, when I, I was living at a, um, yeah. crop yeah when I was living at Gilgandra I was renting a house on a 650 acre property and he had some sheep and some cattle and he had some oats and every year around the time that he'd be stripping the oats I'd just go down there and just whack the hell out of the pigs and they had a lot of fat on them because yeah. they'd be living in the crop literally yeah. in the crop so have, have you done it with or you purchased pork fat to make soap or is it a thing is there any better uh, fats there's like is there a soap maker's bible or something that they go here this fat's the best there are many books everyone's an expert though everyone yeah there are many books yeah. um, I like lamb the most there is a I'm slight a difference like <laughs> to the properties of fats and you can't just substitute olive oil for tallow yeah there is a completely different ratio yeah, yeah, yeah. for well, olive oil and tallow like lamb fat's real yeah. greasy yeah. So, fat where a venison fat is not, not and it's greasy all, at all yeah. you can get conversion charts for all these things so if you like that soap recipe but you want to use this kind of fat and that's what I use and that's quite literally just look online yeah. um, there are conversions for that so if I've only got um, lamb fat and i render that down i'm like mm, okay well i want to make that soap recipe that but that says tallow then i'll just do a conversion yeah, yeah. Mm. although that's pretty close yeah. for lamb and beef and to clarify for the sake of people who may be listening like we're oh, we're gonna hopefully motivate at least one person well i was just to gonna think say about making soap we're very it's so yeah, much one fun. person i love doing it we're we're lucky that we live on a few a acres so we can run sheep yeah. but <laughs> we also kill sheep for farmers when they need a bit of lamb in their freezer and uh, some of them like 
<laughs> some of these weathers that we've had to kill for our friend uh, or one of our friends, mm. like I don't, they're kind, they're dorpers, so they just run around and do their own thing. It's, it's a cattle property, and every now and then they'll just get him in and oh yeah, could you kill us these ones? And and I'm not joking, like some of these weathers must be eighty or ninety kilos. Oh, you're, sorry, I'm interrupting. I can hear yeah. it clunking around. There's something touching something. And um, that's my foot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Later, nah. <laughs> but uh, and so some of these, some of these weathers, well, they're dorpers, and and they might be three or four years old, and the fat on them is just insane. So it's not just a case of, I mean, we're excited about making soap, but it's also we like to keep a bit of fat on lamb chops, for example, if we're going to cook them. But some of the fat on these animals... You don't want an inch no, and a half of fat. No, it's oh, quite literally, yeah. yeah, yeah it, it looks like a mini tea, like yeah. beef tea, but they're huge. But I like the rosemary a lot. And it leaves a, a massive puddle in the bottom of your fry pan yes. after you cook yeah. it. Yeah. But it's also yeah. a waste because you can use it for soap for making. Else. So, yeah, so we cut it yeah. off enough to... I cut the insert yeah. out of it so that you can keep the rosemary on the outside because yeah. that is just the you best You cut the middle. Yeah. yeah, I just, you know, make a sleeve and then you just... Jam it back together. Mm-hmm. It goes back. So yeah. the fat just remelts. <laughs> so if we'll move on to so if you're shooting, so you go out and this will lots of people like me. I'm I'm the definition of a butcher. Like even though my pops taught me so many times, I just cut eat up and yeah, then right. I don't cut it. You're like <laughs> I can debone a leg, but I'll just cut it into steaks. I won't make anything special. The shanks go. I don't make. I can't cook, so I don't cook lamb shanks. I love how you say you can't cook, but like cooking shanks is the easiest thing to cook. (laughs) No, if you can't fry it or boil it, I can't cook it. (laughs) Right. So I can slow, but I just can't be bothered, to be honest. If you can't use a slow cooker, mate. But I feed the dog. So (laughs) if if you're going to shoot, so you've you've just shot a, a buck, what's your process from this well, you, so first off shot placement if you're going you, to, if you're not shooting it yeah. for a, a trophy you're not going to mount it mm. you chest shots or your neck shots Where well do you... why don't kira I, thinks do about this a bit more than or... me so you go first okay. and i might fill in the blanks i always go yeah. lung yeah dill thinks it's just because i'm trying to save the meat but i think there's a much bigger target you there like that the, I can you see. like the, to keep the neck meat um yeah i neck can't and say shoulder. i've ever shot yeah so i'm, a sp- a I'm always shot. a spine because i like to cut them and uh, pump themselves yeah, okay. dry if you shoot them in the neck because they don't yeah. kill them straight up. well it sounds cruel but they yeah yeah they drain their blood pretty quick so right. I don't, yeah that's right but anyway yeah, yeah so yeah i just happened to be broadside armpit every yeah. time yeah, yeah there's nothing there so yeah that that's and you and my you and you preference. don't and you will wait and maybe that's just my inexperience but you I wait for their broadside so you uh, won't quarter, yeah. you don't want to wreck a shoulder you don't want to wreck a hind quarter no you... i've had we're talking luck. about two four three by the way yeah it's, it's two, four, three. <laughs> about... i have had Still um... bruises yeah oh but i mean like we're not talking about like dodgy six. shots well yeah. more like with a bow like you know some of those shots with a bow just aren't on but mm. yeah yeah but yeah that's this we're talking ideal situations we're going to step through what someone if they're looking to get more out of it Mm. they're going to listen to this and we're going to get yeah. so we'll step through what because you guys use more than I know of anyone else no one makes yeah, right. so okay. that, one, that I've heard <laughs> it's, of it's a proper like, nerdy um, thing like, and the, the entire weird, animal yeah. for everything <laughs> and the organs as much as you can yeah, well, yeah. and and yeah, things like that so anyway so you'll do a um, a yeah, broadside well, lung shot broadside yep. lung shot is my preference and I will wait for a shot yep. probably more so than Dill would um because he's just more experienced. Do you ever go? And oh, he knows, like, oh, quartering shit. on, I'll shoot here. 
Dill gets upset when he blows out a shoulder and it's like, well, oh, like, damn, like that's yeah, one of his favourite yeah, cuts. Yeah, well, so. well, for the sake, like to clarify on this too, like um, I don't mean Kira's had the benefit of being coached by me, but <laughs> <laughs> but well, you know what it's like. Like you, you grow up and you're shooting a bunch of animals and especially when you're, but it, well, it's only it's, when you're it's, rifle hunting because you don't you don't deliberately aim for the shoulder when you're bow hunting. But when you're rifle, well, when I used to rifle hunt a lot more, I, like pigs, goats, and, that, and I just want to drop them on the spot, so I'm hitting them right them. in the shoulders because yeah. they just they drop. Sometimes if you hit them a little bit too high, you'd have to hit them again because it takes out the spine but not enough of their lungs. Yeah. So now I have to consciously think, well, if I'm going out specifically for meat, I'm so used to just hitting him in the shoulder, I will usually. Wait just, and no, I'll hit him in the head. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll wait for headshots. I'll take my triple two, whack him in the head, easy. Yeah. Whereas Kira um, is a lot more patient than I am, and she and she's got a two four three, and I've watched her make shots out to two hundred and fifty meters, no worries. And she will just wait for the perfect right behind the shoulder. So, and the good thing with the two four three on fallow in particular, because we mainly shoot fallows, you go right behind the shoulder through the lungs. Straight through them, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. So it's like ninety grain ticker factory ammo just soft points so the shoulders will still be fine so because the shoulders will be our well one of our favorite parts mm. uh because there's a bit more flavor and we like to slow cook them because it's cold where we live so we spend a lot of time eating that kind of food as opposed to just grilling mm. um so you'll yeah. so we'll take a you'll take a headshot and anyway so shot yeah, it and I you've dropped it do headshot but still Still That's does, right. Yeah. That could it could be subconscious. Um, what if mm. I miss? But I want this one dead. I'm hungry. I want to eat it. So just <laughs> well, what well, to clarify so, yeah, too? Like yeah. we like if if we it's genuinely not, it's not an argument issue. Yeah, <laughs> it's no, no. They're dead. They're no, dead. but but just a, for the yeah. sake of clarifying for the listeners, like if if we je- desperately need meat, we'll go out and we'll roll some in the spotlight, hit him in the head from the ute. You know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah, we're not yeah, telling people yeah. we're amazing hunters. We're like, it's quite literally like oh, on the I, shops. If I want to eat, I take it. hundred percent. But that's for like, <laughs> yeah. but shooting a deer in the head when you've got your Land Cruiser mirror as a rest is not hard. You're just going to get meat. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, so when I, I'm just talking, it's like if I'm only hitting him in the head when I feel good about the shot. Mm. Uh, anyway, so you got a deer on the ground, Kira, mm. and you whacked him or her. Yeah. Or... Uh, Next step. And next <laughs> Through step. the lungs. Now, this really depends on whether I want the coat. You just go. Yeah. Um, let's say I want the coat because I think I've done that with the last four deer we've got on the ground. Yeah, they've all been <laughs> nice. You're, you're going to feel guilty if you leave that behind, aren't you? Um, you know, I nearly left one behind recently and I'm really glad that we did bring it home because, gosh, she must have a story to tell. She has some major scar tissue. Like she, maybe she's been caught up in a fence or something. Yeah, look like caught she in a barbed wire so or something. She's so interesting. Not hit by Very, a car. No, nah, it looks like cuts and just tissue damage, surface tissue damage. There wasn't anything to do with the flesh. Yeah. This was the hide yeah. and it, the scar tissue that's built just up on tissue. the skin. Superficial. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It just looks like she's run through something like yep. a fence I assume and has just gotten tangled up at some point yeah. worth pointing out that we shot that one while filming for the season <laughs> <laughs> so that day will be on the television there you yes go. she will there you <laughs> go and they, they're waiting on a network are they no nah, I think it's all good it's just mostly got to get edited gotta finish the editing yeah, anyway. we'll get back on track yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you're going to yeah. bleed it um, you bleed them straight shouldn't away. have to with no, where I've hit it but Depends. 
Sometimes we will. Sometimes. So just, yeah. just don't think about just yeah, just as if you just okay. walk it through so it, like as if you're just doing it. I'll do the latest one that I did just because I do. I'll do my buck. Perfect situation. So just imagine. I wanted perfect my situation. bucks high Dylan from the rut. Dylan in shorts. Flexing, Dylan in shorts. <laughs> Sometimes we walk Greasy out in shorts with like your gaiters on. These guitar. Yeah, yeah, with yeah. your white legs. Playing a guitar yeah. solo. No. Playing a Very rock emotional. <laughs> 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 Have a seat. Anyway, it's on the ground. <laughs> so it's on the ground. I want the hide. More often than not, I will. And I will zip down um, the two front legs from the inside. I try to go evenly down the With inside. With the aim of keeping the skin clean before. So what? why why the zipping the legs down first? Why the legs? Because I'm going to basically go down the center of the animal on, on the chest and the belly and then up the legs so that I'm getting an even spread yep. of the hide once it's turned over. Yep. Because it's not just like a like a black goat or something. You're going to see the center you wanna of the hide. You want to get it symmetrical. Uh, yeah, you do. Yep. And the very first... They got a hair Dear, pattern too. I, that's there is a hair pattern, yeah. Yep. And there's only so much you can trim off before you start making it look not like a deer yeah, anymore. It just looks like <laughs> a circle, spotty rug, and you might as well chop the tail off, which I have yeah, stuffed up on yeah. several occasions. The tails? Have you have you yeah. skinned a tail the tails for a rug? Are hard. So I we're getting off track again, but I'll start <laughs> it and then put my thumb finger behind it, right near its butthole, yeah. and then run my finger down the bone of the tail while I'm peeling the. Like yeah, splitting right. the skin, and then then the last little inch is the little killer. Oh, yeah. yeah, you rip it off if you don't. I, I just cut it. So yeah. he said, applies and chop it off and leave it in there. Yeah. Don't worry about it. It's safer. <laughs> just move on. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. do many, but the few I've done. Yeah, yeah. That's a... yeah. The tails are really tricky. So yeah, inside legs. So usually, so it's on its if back. It's a, you're holding it's on, on its back, back and you straddle it to yeah. do all this. Yeah. Yep. Um, sort of like how you'd do a sheep. You'd put the the front leg between your between your legs and you'd pinch it with your knees and just tension run, it up. Yeah. Tensioning pull it, pull the leg. Pull it, pull it up. Yeah. Then you can run your knife fairly cleanly down the inside, sort of underarm, armpit, onto the chest, and stop. Do the other side as well, and then zip. So you straight forward down. down. You don't start at the pizzle and work your way back to the chest. No, no, no. Usually the front. Use a boning well, knife or a skinning there, knife for this. Skinning knife for this. The one that I was using yeah. on my buck was was that the Fastalker? No, or was that, that was mine? a. a I think it's got a Bushmaster made by right. Seeker Knives. Yeah, but yeah. we use a lot of knives by Seeker Knives, but here it's got mm. a. I forget the name so of it, but you, it's you a, change up. I'm just getting on the whole change up, so I do everything with one knife. Well, we don't. All oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I used to oh, carry boning knives. What I've got, but now, like, we actually carry knives. much more specific skinning knives. Like yeah. Kira's, with the a one nice I bought round it. blade. No, yeah, a yeah. nice curve. Yeah. One of those Canadian yeah. skinners. Kira's got one of them, like those Canadian belt knives you hear about. Yeah. But quite a thick, short yeah. blade. Yeah, yeah. And because I've got such tiny hands, I do have particular yeah. choices of knives. So you'll skin down the middle both legs and then you yeah. flop. And the back legs down the middle as well. And then you flop that out? Well, then I'll go one side. Yep. So then I'll skin down one side and we'll try to punch as well. Yeah. So punching, if you weren't sure, is putting your hand between the hide and the flesh Keeping and just that little, trying to that get called? That's the rose meat. Well, the we call it the rose meat, but it, some, some people call it the flank sometimes or yeah. it's that salvage or a, something. The salvage. The a lot of people stuff. call it the salvage. It's that little tiny four mil thick pink meat 
that loves to stick to the skin. Yeah. yeah. If, you, if you keep that on the animal, it's way better for it hanging in the chiller yeah. and it's yeah. way better for your skins. Yeah. You save well, a lot of meat when you're processing it in back in the house Because it as takes well. the dry, it keeps the, yeah. keeps the meat keeps deep. Keeps the meat damp. moist. Yeah. 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 But it's like you were saying with the skins, like because I see so many people in person or on YouTube or whatever like that, and good luck to them. It's not, I'm not criticising for the sake of making people feel bad, but the amount of meat that gets left on a hide, it's just more work for yourself when you get home. Like if you if mm. you take the time when you're in the field, yeah, you to don't skin have to out, flesh it. Yeah, yeah skin out. You, yeah, yeah. We, we don't flesh when we get home anymore. So you, you, like, yeah, so we you, just cover it in salt and we're good. There's yeah. no flesh on there. And at you, all. you roll, you you make a fist, or you use the end of your mm. thumb if your yeah. thumb's strong enough, and you push with your yeah. thumb and you roll your wrist. Are through yeah. as you push and roll. Absolutely, it's hard when they're dehydrated at the end of the yeah. rut. If you're trying to do a buck, it's not yeah. But when they're real fat and juicy and hydrated, yeah. Yeah. that yeah. just peels off. And the longer you leave them, like the the stiffer they get, the harder it is. So, mm. like everyone wants good photos, but the longer you leave it, the harder it gets. Um, and that's uh, one of the reasons why we like to start on the front legs as opposed to the back legs, because it's kind of much easier to punch your skin a little bit off the brisket with your knife. And you can get under the the skin between the brisket and the, well, uh, yeah, between the brisket and the skin and punch, and you can sort of push from the shoulders backwards a oh, lot easier. See, I go, I go yeah. forward, so it's it's easy to start and roll. I come up around the neck and then work your way backwards. Would it? Yeah, that's pretty well what we do. Yeah, between the front shoulder and the neck. Yeah, yeah, yeah down yeah, just there. Yeah, that's what you mean. So yeah, under the absolutely. Well, certainly shoulder as well. Starting like there the, under your pit. Yeah, um, pit, yeah. The, starting the there is it like it's it's. It's really difficult to punch from the back legs forwards though, because which is that's when you pick up the skin. Exactly, because so, yeah. it, it comes yeah. that that skin comes from it's like a wing. Yes, on the back of yep. your arm. Mm. Yeah, it, sort of just in front the, of the pelvis. There's that flank meat. There's a gland right in there too, which a lot of people don't realise. But it's it's also really hard to hold that um, tight enough to get your hand between that meat. And your skin, whereas there's because of the bone structure in the shoulders, you basically go all up around the back of the neck and whatever, and then you can you run need, your you arm straight down his back. Too. Yeah. Once you get the yeah. back of that shoulders, you can the whole back, you can almost yeah. pull it all the way off. Yeah. 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 So then we, so you'll do one side. I'll do one then, side. Then do, you, then do you go to the take meat? the shoulder first? Yep. Then I'll take the back leg. I'm still learning with the back leg, still as an expert with getting those off, but I've often left like the rump meat behind and had to go yeah, back and get it. Yeah, because you hit the hip bone judged. and then yeah. you go, oh, I'll take like, a bit oh, more, but yeah, instead of that. following the bone along, I just yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that's, and it's a there's a sweet spot in the top of the hip. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we want to do a lot more videos on too, because I've, I've saved up a bunch of pelvises the last year. Like I've got an old cow pelvis, I've got a couple of deer ones, so I can actually have a a. a a boiled out pelvis next to a deer on the ground. Well, because yeah, like you need yeah. to know what a pelvis looks like. See, like everybody just thinks I'll find the ball joint, I'll go through it and then I'm good. And you can get away but with it. The, but that's that back hip bone. Exactly. Top, that yeah. little bit down the base. Well, like, we so, all leave the meat yeah. So it's, so it's, and again, I mean, not that we're the best <laughs> at it in the world, but, but like, and it wasn't until I actually cut yep. all the meat off a pelvis and looked at it. I'm like, oh, that's the shape of a pelvis. Yeah, that's where yeah. I'm, I'm trying to get my knife through. And if you're, not, if you're not tracing your knives around the shape of the pelvis and you're going just through meat, then you're leaving something behind. Yeah. Mm. So, and again, it's, it's, it's like you don't need to lose sleep over it, but it's just worth trying to be as good as you can because you get if, more if meat. If you want to get the most exactly. out of it, mm. yeah. this is something, yeah. Well, you're always going to have a lot 
of wastage it, it, when you come home because it will help of that too if you're going to do a Texas heart shot you want another bone structure in there yeah <laughs> well, that's like I said quad bikes pigs 308 with hard bullets yeah <laughs> not with my recurve <laughs> no, no not I'll a never tie a Texas heart shot with the recurve yeah, yeah. So then we'll be yeah, after so the back legs, the, yeah, back legs, and then I'll probably come and do some of like if I hadn't done the neck section while do I was take doing the, neck the shoulder. In one go? It depends on like do you bone it out I'm off doing. the spine forward? Yeah, we yes. don't. We don't often. We don't take a saw in the field. Yeah, yeah. Like if we hang one at home, ever. sometimes because yeah. you make neck chops with the bandsaw. Then. Yeah, yeah, it's mm. different. Yeah. It's, yeah, but yeah, but like but so when we, we take would the, usually just flesh it. Yeah, off, like off the two bike. pieces or just one. Um, usually two. Usually two. And everything, so you'll. Well, there's there's yes, a, actually off. a figure or whatever it is. There's a there's a there's two pieces. Like there's a piece here the side outside. of the trachea and the esophagus trachea trachea, but then we're Australian. It's whatever you want. Australian. <laughs> Australia. The trachea. <laughs> but then, it's. I think it's worth pointing out because I, I was talking to some mates of mine, uh, like Jay, the other day about it, where like the. Is so many, so much of what you see when people take the back straps out, they don't do anything with the shoulders first. So they basically just they start cutting triangle. the back strap until until they hit the shoulder, and then they kind of just make up like how to cut it off. Mm. So that's we always take the shoulder mm, off. Always. So you, so then you can basically take the back strap off all from the pelvis. I mean, it, it stops it becoming out. back strap and becomes neck meat, but you take yeah, it off yeah. from the pelvis to the back of the skull yeah. if you want to, you know. And and when you get to the point where it is the neck, you're literally just that, sawing away with your knife because there's so there's many There's a difference there. in that though. Yeah. The flavour under the shoulder blades is not as good as yeah. the muscle, the back half of the back yes. strap. Yeah, yeah. I don't. If Can't I, say I've that, that's one because I just like I said, I just fry <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. The bit under the shoulder blade doesn't taste as good yeah. when you're just eating it by itself. But well, when you you're go. eating the, that's I don't. Fry what for is us, it? Because it's your. If you're a butcher, you can tell us. That'd be a scotchy, and the and it'd be like your sirloin or your New York strip yeah, or whatever. And on the, yeah, I think it's your sirloin near the pelvis. I don't the, know. I'm, no, the sirloin. I've been told the enough times that I should know, and I don't care. <laughs> once <laughs> flat, like, once round. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, it does. Once you go forward there, mm. that is a definite flavour change. Well, it's, certain, it's yeah. also because that's where you started getting a few sinews. Like people don't realise that it, once you start getting under the shoulder, the back strap's actually a couple of muscles. Yeah. And, and you and you think about that, like if you're eating a Scotch fillet steak, you've got your the, big, the eye of it, and, and then you've got the fat, fat and then you've yeah. got that other whatever the spinalis dorsi. How smart do I sound? <laughs> that other piece of meat that goes around the side of it. Whereas when you've got like if you look at a T-bone steak, for example, the big side that's just one muscle. There's no sinew in that yeah, yeah. side of it, you know. So um, again, with with cows, because we love eating the the beef fat so much, like you don't care. Whereas with the venison. Like we actually take off that whole outside. Plus, of it, it's that between that muscle is a little bit. It's tough. Well, I see, and that's what I mean. It's when you're eating a Scotch fillet, you don't care. No, but no, with no. But venison, that, it makes yeah, it it's weird. Absolutely. They don't have that. Yeah. That toughness and the edge, and it's only that it doesn't, and the 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 back leg doesn't have it between the muscle groups. No. But that behind the shoulder blade mm. has that. Yeah. If you, yeah. Yeah. And again, you can get away with it. You can stake it up chew, and just sharpen eat it your like teeth. Yeah, it's uh, also it's we just peel that section off and treat it separately. Yeah, it's just like those little one percenters, you know. Like mm. it, I've cooked a backstrap heaps of times without taking that part off, and it's been pretty good. But mm. we uh, we tend to trim aggressively on all that sort of stuff because you can't take that that silver stuff off 
it just doesn't come off easy yeah. anyway. You always lose meat yeah. when you take that oh, off yeah. the back. We take yeah. it off though. Yeah. Well, we I, yeah. everyone does. Yeah. Well, we give it to our dogs, you know, like yeah. we like we like all the offcuts and the sinew and all that bullcrap. All the all dogs, the dry get, meat. yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's, it's the only thing you can't trim. There's no, I don't know who's an expert unless you use one of them. What are them fish knives? That them they're yeah, real a flexible. Knife. Yeah, well, the, I'll tell the you, sashimi the, knife. Yeah, the best. You could probably the best way I've found besides having a obviously an incredibly sharp knife and a fairly flexible knife is if you, I was doing it this morning actually. You, if your back straps long enough, hang the hang the the bit that would be closest to the neck off just slightly off the counter, and then lean up against it with like your pelvis. Yeah. So you're leaning onto it, and then tension you can you can you can pull it away from you really really hard. And the more tension there is, and you can run that knife, and you sort of angle the blade upwards, and you can scrape. I was doing it on some back straps this morning because uh, a friend of mine, um, Colin, he makes bows, and I was taking off all these sinews with as little meat on there as possible because he wants the sinew to put on some of these bows. So that's how I was mucking around. Yeah, with it. But, right, it's, yeah. but if your knife's not sharp, forget about it. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> anyway. So okay, we, yeah. so we so where we get up to <laughs> shoulders, back legs, yeah, I'd go back shoulders, straps, back and neck. Leg. So do you take um, ribs at all? Do you take rib meat? Not generally. No. no. Only if you bring it home, you'll do a we spare will... ribs or something like that. Yeah. If we brought the whole animal home, yeah, we've yeah. done ribs before. But I will take the meat down to the bone. So it's not just take the shoulder off. It's like skim the rib cage to take the shoulder off. Yeah. So a lot of that comes with it, and we'll take the whole belly flap with that as well. Some of that might end up to be dog meat, but you do it a, might you also be make a nice roll mince. too out of that. Yeah. 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 Well, there's a difference, you know, like the you can sort of hold if the animal's on its back and you're just pulling one of its front legs away from its body and you cut essentially through the armpit. It's really easy to take a shoulder off, but we will actually make the the cut to take the shoulder off along the dead center of the sternum. And then, and then, almost like we're filleting a fish, just oh, shave. Yeah, yeah. So we shave all the brisket, and we take everything all yeah. off here with the mm. shoulder. Yeah. And like I said, it, well, like here I said, sorry. Um, yeah, we'll sometimes, it. if it gets a bit mucky in the field, it's just dog food or whatever. Just if not, then we put yeah. it in the mince yeah. or roll it up for a slow cook. Whatever. It's just more but stuff it, you bring it, home. If you're laying meat down in the grass, if you're all about using it all, you'd, having all that extra little bit of stuff is the stuff that dries out and mm, you don't lose exactly. your good meat. Exactly. You yeah. get exactly dirty. Right. You don't get, you don't, you, you don't, you're not trimming up black yep. dry meat off your good yeah. meat. You've yeah, got this other yeah. stuff You've on got there. all this other real estate to deal with when you yeah. get home and you can decide what you want to do there. So, it's not that much more effort. So, so you've got your, your, your one side, your skin's there, yep. so you've folded that other one away. Yeah. So how so do you keep the skin clean? So at this point, the back strap's still on. All right, righto. Tuck it back in. So back all the um, you're leaving the back strap. All the hide. On. Yes, I've left the back strap on. All no, the that... hide comes back over. Oh yeah, sometimes will take off both back straps at the same. Yeah. Yeah. So put the hide back over the animal. Roll the animal over. Shoulder again. Back leg again. And well, skin then, it out. Well, skin then it shut, out. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. So you can skin one side, shoulder, yep. back leg. Flip it over or cover it back up with the hide because it'll keep the hide really clean on the inside as well. Roll it over. Um, shoulder, skin, shoulder, back leg, and then your hide's probably off by this point, unless you've gone all the way up, haven't gone all the way up to your neck, but yeah, just pull it off the neck, um, cut it at the base, nape of the neck. I try to go as high as possible because sometimes they've got some 
um, sort of cowlicks on the top of their shoulder blades and that doesn't necessarily sit right on a hide once it's processed. So the higher you go, the more yeah, trimming that, ability you've got. Yeah, that makes it shit for taxis to sew them up too because you can see where their seam is when they've got a double mm, lick or something. Uh, you can yeah, tell right, real yeah. hard because there's no yeah. just nice fur pattern. Yeah, yeah. And they so yeah, you've got to go beyond I that. I noticed that. I don't know if anyone else really cares. Oh, you're different to most people. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so then just roll it over. Um, at this, well, I would have probably taken the head off at this point because I would have um, cut through the, the neck, neck under the chin and then when I rolled it over, just so take the you head off. Back through the throat, ear to ear, pull the head off that way? Yeah, just behind the, the top of the ear. Yep. But front you to need back, to, not like, back aim to front. behind the jawbone, obviously. Yep. Um, yeah. And that so you get it right every time. Sometimes. <laughs> I don't think anyone just goes. I I'm okay with it. I understand it a little bit more now that I realise you're supposed to actually go to the nape of the neck. <laughs> you're not supposed to go a little bit further down. Yeah, the, yeah. there is absolutely a sweet spot, and it, it's tricky. I've managed yeah. to get it every time I show anyone, and then when I'm by myself, I suck. Oh, well, that's probably <laughs> the best up, way around to do it. The shoulder, trying to find yeah, the right. joint. Yeah. <laughs> it's back here somewhere. <laughs> I know it's here. No. Yeah. Yeah, and then basically your hides off, fold it in half because you want to get it skin to skin. All skin the time. to yeah, skin, skin to skin, skin absolutely. Yeah. At this the point, there's around. usually a bit of blood on it because with the hind legs coming off, there's always that artery yeah. that you go yep. through. Unless you sort of tuck the hide under itself while you're taking that back leg off, you will make a mess of it. I do that. I roll but, it up on itself, but I don't care about getting yeah, some of the other meat there. Because I'm going to salt it when I get back to the car or to camp. I don't really mind that there's a bunch of blood on it. Yeah. I go fairly heavy on the salt. So just roll it over, hides on the ground, and zip up its back and take out the back straps and the neck meat. So you guys got like an account at the pool shop here? Buy salt by the 20 kilo bags? You know what? Salt is hard to come by, I've noticed, in this town. I went looking for pool salt and it's really thick, it's chunky really stuff. Yeah, yeah, just grind it. Don't, don't say I've got an industrial grinder. Grind. Chicken but... feed grinders that grind up grain. It's an idea. That is an idea. Yeah. I could take a barrel with me. <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry. Normally, like, there's always, especially like, there's a, be like, there's hey, always Dylan, need to get on by There's always a stash of one kilo bags of salt, salt. behind the seat yeah. in the yeah, cruiser, yeah, yeah. just in case yeah. you shoot something. You it's, it. Next thing you know, just you pull case. the vinyl up and there's yeah. a hole through the floor because yeah. one of them's open. <laughs> oh, don't tell me that. No, no. Um, Actually, I, I should probably put it in a plastic bag, not yeah. a canvas yeah, one. But that's mm. what we do. And then, well, sometimes we also, for sake of just like rewinding there, like, we might come in. Under the short ribs, had the tenderloins oh, out sorry. if we feel like yeah. it. Yeah. Um, After you've like taken it, the back straps off, you can come in from the yeah. top side. Some people feel like the tenderloins are holy grail, and I understand, but flavour will usually be tender They're for like me. Three bites though. Yeah, no, and that's like it's on on small. the on the buck here. I shot recently, like we took them out, sweet yeah. as. Mm. But on a, on a smaller one, we often don't bother uh, mm. unless we bring it home. But that's that. What's also interesting about that is. Um, if you're gutting an animal that you've shot through the lungs or the heart, then inevitably you're going to get blood running down from that cavity out through the pelvis onto the tenderloins anyway. So that spoils mm. a heap of the outside of them. So you've got to trim them down. You know, I don't mean to say it's not yeah. worth it. I just mean like, you, just don't you know, like if, if we, it, it, 
like we it's would rather we would rather shoot through the lungs and get more shoulder meat than we would you know like we're yeah. not as concerned so with the tenderloins then when you're unlike with a bow quartering away you always bust the diaphragm so you leave the diaphragm intact so do you if you're taking the heart and the liver or the, mm. the uh, sometimes we just come in from the side eh? like if once everything's off we might just find just the edge of the rib cage the rib and then cages, just yeah. gently sort of nick away until we can get our hands in and sort of rip it and then mm. come in from the side yeah, like that blood up to your yeah. arm having said that like uh when we when we did that, um, it's fairly straightforward. Yeah. You know which side it's going to be on. You'll yeah. be right. When we did that buck, like, oh, what it was about the the eighteenth or the nineteenth of April or whatever. So you come in there and he and he and he just hadn't started to bloat because he hadn't been eaten, obviously. So he's so oh, taking the tenderloins out like that was just. One, yeah. Oh, his gut was empty. Yeah, just oh, completely. Yeah. He'd no eaten nothing. 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 No, nothing at all. No. I don't think I've ever. Because all my bucks are shooting the rut. I've never. They're never anywhere I can take them home. There's a big animal I'm always oh, in the middle okay. of nowhere, so yeah. I just take the back straps yeah. and the legs. Yeah. yeah. So I've never actually had to go down yeah. his belly and had the to fight the yeah. belly gas popping. Yeah. Up. yeah. No, we just Not like he was on his on his side, and we just started to nick crazy. away to get to the tenderloins. Like, oh, you know, it's always a bit dodgy. Don't nick him, and then we kind of cut it open, and then there's just no bloke there's a cavity in there. Yeah. There's just yeah. all this space. Yeah. We're like, oh, easy. They yeah. really do run themselves ragged. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing had eaten nothing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was cool to see, like cool to well cool to open up and mm. and observe something different, and then have an understanding about why it's the case. You know. Actually, a point to make is when I take the heart, I try to leave its um, the yeah vent, the ventric what are you? the case that it's in. Oh right. I, I try to because le- yeah, it yeah, is a painful yeah. thing to deal with at home if you do not leave that oh, yeah. outer sac on there. Yeah. I'm sorry, I don't know the name it of it. Out, but normally, I'll fry that day. Yeah, if, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Take it in the sack, you've got to cook it straight Clean up. Clean all the blood out of it yeah. and just when I get home and cut it up and fry it straight away. Yep. Yeah, I can absolutely recommend take, if you are taking it home and you're not processing it right away, leave it in its little case. Yeah. I mean, the liver... Because all you got to do is just you take know, it off you know, when you get everyone's home. Everyone's going, what's the little case? Because no one would no well, take that much Because nobody takes the heart. Just, all just, just rip it out. I just put my hand in there. Put my hand around it, grab it, stick the other arm in, cut right. the bits, hold okay. it in, and rip it out. Just hold. If you cut you it high enough, you there. will just take run. this yeah. little skin opaque case with it. Yeah. It's anyone. It's kind of like you, the texture of the diaphragm, but thinner. Yeah, for anyone who's listening, this next time you go cut a heart out, like you'll actually, you can feel if you cut the ventricles off, but you're kind of pulling it out of the skin. You can feel it coming away, and it's for the most part. That's just what it's supposed to feel like. But if you, mm. if you just cut a little bit wider, it's like a slime. Yeah. It moves inside. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's unsettling, but yeah. it's useful. Very, very useful. Way better than a game bag. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We haven't taken any on the last couple, but we'll often take the tongue as well. If yeah. I head shoot them, because I'm often using like a ballistic tip kind of projectile, so we might blast the back of the jaw open or whatever. But we'll take the tongues. We might save them all up and cook them all in one go or something. Mm. I still haven't eaten the tongue. Yeah. I mean, look, tongue, if you can eat a <laughs> heart, you can eat a tongue. Yeah? Yeah, mm. it's, it's yeah, the it's, colour. It's, like, it's like they're grey. It's very like, insipid. Yeah, like, but yeah. like I'm still intimidated by how disgusting liver is, but tongue's just nothing. Like tongue's fine. Yeah, yeah well, it's still a muscle. All I just see is black teeth 
with green grass. Yeah, you got to give them all the time. Well, and that's and why you, you boil and, it. And the you. skin comes off them, and they got the yeah. lumps on them. The liver's just a nice piece of red meat. Just tastes like shit. Yeah, well, it is. A liver looks beautiful. It's smooth and everything. Yeah. I tell you what. If you really want to make dog treats for your dog, don't use the dehydrator that you use for fruit and vegetables. If you're going to dehydrate, gonna dehydrate liver, liver. Oh, does it just leave don't. it? Does it taint it? Oh, it just it smells, smells so bad. <laughs> we were talking about it smells like hot liver. We were, we were talking about trying to make it actually edible, and yeah. dehydration was one of the. Nah. The other, the other way I was thinking. You got? Do you do much? Like, do a bit of. Well, you make sausages and stuff. Yeah. So Benny Solaris had this stuff he gave me one day. It was jerky with like five different meats in it. So oh. I'm trying to, as a majority, mostly meat eater, mm. I wanted the ultimate in food. And I just thought I can jam 17 different meat varieties and fat into the one meal. And that's what I do with the liver and the heart and whatever else and put it all into this meat stick. Yeah, you grind it up and punch it out. It's like, in like a, a sausage without the skin, but it's Yeah, so you grind it and then you punch out like a sausage stuffer in like a hmm. tube of meat, like just, ground meat. Almost and I just like salami dehydrate. or dehydrator? It's just a meat muesli bar. Yeah, we haven't... We haven't no one's done that. There's we've dehydrated some stuff like that for like the dogs, but we haven't... I feel like you to get away with that yeah. because it would you perish try it, so quickly. You do this so much and I'm shit. <laughs> I did try to make dog treats once roll, out of liver out and, and, and yeah. some of the offcuts. Dehydrated. Yeah, yeah I've, I've done that. Yeah. It went bad real quick. Oh, it didn't real quick. age... Yeah, it's hard to dehydrate. I think it's something about the processing of the meat. Make it like jerky sticks, but it's just mints. It's like all the stuff joined together. Real thin, twiggy sticks. Like that size. Yeah, you'd have to grind it. You have to grind it. And they went bad really quick. So not even good for dogs. It'd be like the ultimate carnivore meal in one. Yeah, put a lot of chili in it. That's something else. We've got a lot of chili powder here. Just don't be getting blocked up. And smoke. No, we'll, <laughs> well, we we grew a heap of chilies. Oh, we didn't get much this year, but last, last year, year, and then we just had so many. I was like, "What are we going to do with them?" So we just cut them in half, had the seeds out, dehydrated them all, and then put them through the blender. And now we could have our own chili nice. powder. And um, powder. Some, oh, you dehydrated yeah. To a yeah, and yeah. some we we cut them in half and we put them on the Weber and smoked them in, in cherry wood. So now we've got this smoked dehydrated. Chili powders, it's freaking awesome. Yeah, it's so good stuff. Yeah, we, all right, you just need to just for me, just try it. Make some meat sticks. <laughs> well, you should come up, bloody, uh, one weekend and, and we could put a whole bunch on or something. Yeah, when we shoot the pigs in and outfits and bring some pork back. <laughs> Dehydrated pork, I'm not yeah. sure no, I could no, go use that the, far. Just use the pork back <laughs> with the, 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 so you put just like. Bits of beef, liver, mm. fat, pork fat. Probably throw some pork meat in there as well, but I don't know. Well, you wouldn't. Pork you wouldn't want to. You have to put a lot of salt in that. Yeah, you wouldn't want to use much fat in the jerky. As much salt as you want. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you wouldn't want to use much fat in the jerky though. Like if if you did, it'd be if a you cross you're between a to... biltong and a jerky, but yeah. it'd be mints. So be like the knockoff ribs you buy. I'll tell you what, it would be interesting yeah, too though, is trying that but stuffing it in a like a salami case and, and yeah, letting yeah. it dry out. That'd be and so you, you cut it in thin almost like a black pudding when yeah. you cut it, that'd be pretty you can't call it black pudding anymore, it's not PC. Blood pudding. <laughs> is that so? Don't act like that. No, did that go over your head? Oh, okay, that did go over my head. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, no, it, without making it a salami, you're like an all-in-one, like the ultimate energy bar. For, for Maybe Toby. you could take it to school and get like, I don't know, the kids to make something out of it. <laughs> yeah, well... <laughs> They'll often take some random meat bits. Yeah, I take stuff to school and stuff with the kids. Yeah, well, we've got this... Even teach like, that. We, we've made space in our <laughs> curriculum to teach electives that take outcomes from a bunch of other subjects but we sort of do whatever we want so i've been teaching the last handful of years this um, bush survival skills class and we just do a whole bunch of awesome stuff and all the time uh, i'm about to start doing it now that it's cooling down again but i just take i'll take a couple of deer in whole like head off feed off guts out and we and we're in the hospitality room we skin them out we turn them into jerky we grind them up it's freaking sick kids love it cool people are coming in like oh my god what are you doing and and but again like i'm education i teach in a rural school so heaps of, like n- most of the kids aren't that worried about it and the ones who are i might give them something else to dehydrate it like mm. some fruit or whatever but uh yeah again it's totally taken apples and yeah because we're talking about we're talking well. about preserving food and, and interesting enough the last handful of years with food shortages with the COVID and stuff it's it's a really good conversation to have like you know you can preserve food by dehydrating it and salting it and all that kind of stuff yeah, um, yeah it's pretty I'll have to start doing it again now that it's starting to cool down and take a couple of deer in the school and freak some mm. people out and... <laughs> we do make our own jerky fairly regularly as well yeah mm. wouldn't last long though never last long I don't know anyone no, who's got we've still got some here from last year it just sits in the back year. of the fridge and we forget it's <laughs> Got some goat and venison pepper jerky, yeah. actually. That's probably the last goat we have at the moment. We yeah, must get on that. Yeah, see, yeah, you eat everything. <laughs> I'm a big everything. fan so of So how are you going with rabbits? Do you ever go out looking for rabbits again, yeah. deliberately, just to go and get a rabbit? We've Yeah. You, we, actually, we need to The rabbits thing, you know, like, rabbits... Because they are good when they're good. Well, mm. the, it, like, we just... I don't know whether we, I would say we take it for granted, but we're just so preoccupied with shooting pigs and deer... We just see a handful of rabbits around, like oh yeah, and and we're talk- it's always like next time, you know. But if you have a place with enough rabbits and you can go out and you can put half a dozen or a dozen in your freezer, that's a this lot is the of main feed. Straight to Hillgrove, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. Be like fifty yeah. rabbits. We, the last time we went out to um, one of our favourite places, I shot one with my longbow that I missed seven with my longbow. Then um, it was really windy that night. And we went out with the 22 and we only had subs and Kira couldn't hit the broadside of a bar. I wasn't planning on the broadside of yeah. a rabbit. I was planning on a headshot. Yeah. So, I oh, know we whacked another couple and then shot a couple of foxes with Started it. But we're going out there insecure. again next week. Oh, so, I think we will. Because, again, like the, everyone knows that Jamie Oliver episode where he makes the fried rabbit like with the crust on the outside mm. or whatever. It's just... Wessex fried rabbit? Essex fried Essex rabbit. Essex fried rabbit in it or something. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so it looks it looks really good. So we need mm. to do we we really like for all this stuff that we do we we don't do much with rabbit because we don't shoot that many of them. But we it's just because we don't shoot them. It's not because we haven't got them. I mean, we got them on our place. Yeah, we just don't yeah. Mm. we just don't remember to do it. I love often. rabbit. So, it's a really yeah. good hunt too. I think. Yeah, it's fun. I enjoy it. Especially In the middle the of the drought, actually, when we couldn't get out to um, our properties that have deer and pigs and goats we went to a more local one and i think we shot what 12 rabbits in a night or something yeah, maybe, yeah. a hare as well and that lasted us quite a while we made we took the back straps off and made sort of popcorn rabbit 
Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah little um, battered, is it battered? Crumbed. No, we crumbed them. Yeah, a bit of cornmeal or whatever yeah. and spices. And... Yeah. It was really, really nice. And then rabbit cacciatore with the back legs. Mm. They went a long way, which is surprising yeah. for such a small animal. Make a good casserole out of them, yeah. 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 Did you keep the organs out then? Like, just keep a heap of the hearts? Cause you can, no, on a, we didn't. On Baz, we probably should. You know, Baz, he makes meals out of, like, duck hearts or something. He makes, like, a... No. A, he no. says it's good. I'll take his word. We're careless in that okay. way. Like, I can imagine a rabbit heart... Like, I can imagine a heart being okay to eat, but we're just lazy. Like, mm. I've yeah, never gone through small. a gut. I think not, yeah. it's, it's big, more it's a spoiled a for choice yeah. with the rabbits. Yeah. Yeah, we've got it's a lot of neighbours' places here and some of the farms we go, they're just all around the house yard. Like, mm. yeah, we need to we need to shoot more of them. But that's yeah. tricky enough. Like, when they all live at the house yard, it's kind of hard to go shoot them at the house yeah, yard. We'd... Unless you've got your bow. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> Has managed to shoot one with his bow. I've yeah. only shot one rabbit with my bow. Yeah? Yeah, we just don't have many rabbits. Right. Like the cat the other day it was the first cat I've had the opportunity with Rico, so that's a good one. There's potato frothing. <laughs> there all? Oh, you don't, I don't know if that. No, if you saw it, you might not have. It's good too because he's sitting there licking his balls. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> something, yeah How dare him. he not be aware of all the cats? Yeah. Shot. Are we? Um, so, so you, what you, so you, when you said you shot with your bow, like with your curve or with your compound? I don't have a compound. Yeah. When you used to have your compound, though. Yeah, oh, my rabbit. Yeah. yeah I shot rabbit. It's still the longest shot, I think, 41 metres. Yeah, right. Really? Yeah, that mixo. Oh. Like, I probably <laughs> could have got to home. five metres. <laughs> it's probably blind. You should have walked back a bit further and made it a longer record. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> could have missed him six times. Yeah. Mm. yeah. No, that's the only one. I just don't have... There's not. Oh, they're in my yard. And mm. saying that they are in my yard, there's a couple that live under the blackberry bush, but they're the sixth sense, you know, that mm. they know when you're coming out. With yeah, a, they can so hear Indian the footsteps. miners, they yep. know that you're bringing the gun out or crows or whatever. Mm. But crows, I think they've oversold crows. A lot of crows get shot. Indian miners, though, they, they know that you're bringing the gun out. Yeah. Mm. But, um, yeah, no, same so, here around here. So you're... Um, going to do try and do more of those videos on social media you do you do quite so what's your channel it's a, the wilder life the it? wilder life yeah if you just google life wilder fur. life yeah well the youtube is the wilder life because i think there was someone with wilder life up before oh, i got it they? i know yeah. <laughs> did you yeah, dare they have a really good idea so that they i get had deleted? <laughs> Maybe they should. yeah well like, i think they've got a very different profile <laughs> yeah we're not Certainly, I'm not trying to like. I'm not trying to get famous or make a stack of money. Like, but you, I just oh, like you, to oh, make yeah. Well, your video, you offer as much as you can give information-wise. Yeah. So, so the everyone's got something to learn. Yeah, we. I think, like the last couple of years, I've just been absolutely tradbo crazy, and I still am. Um, but like, I'll never identify as just a bow hunter because so much of what we do with our life involves wild game. And if I had to rely on my trad bow, then we just wouldn't get anything. Mm. And Kira's always making fun of me when I <laughs> when I go out <laughs> on my big, I go on these little overnight backpack missions or I go on these big walks on the you know, weekends or in my holidays and I take my longbow and I'm like, oh man, I got to within you know 25 meters of all these pigs. I didn't get one. That's what my um, missus says to me. She yeah. says, what did you miss today? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I might have to so take that one. Thank think, her for me. Yeah, we're, we're going to... 
we're going to go out with a few rifles here over the next couple of months while it's really cold and, and do as much as we can to get a lot of different view like um like angles and stuff of doing these things that that we've gotten good at over the last handful of years like stuff taking that you back do legs every off day and, yeah. that, and people have no idea that have never yeah. done before yeah. this there is videos out for stuff but i've watched some horrible videos on oh, things and yeah it's some of it's painful but a lot of people are doing it because they've never seen anyone do it so yeah. they, again they offer a yeah. video because this is all yeah. they know so yeah. they have to give a video well like the punching the, the the punching the deer skin off um you hardly see any videos of anyone doing that with deer but you Sheep. but you but your youtube home kill lamb slaughter mm. and it's Everybody just does it. absolutely uh but you know like and a lot of what's and we'll say just adding on that punching the skin off's way easier when they're hanging yeah, yeah, well, it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. If you're Certainly. gonna hang them straight away, you bunch of skin hanging out of trees away. Yeah, doing on the ground. But there's always like, yeah. um, I've been lucky enough to do these things like different ways. Sometimes, like uh, some of the best venison I've eaten, a mate of mine would shoot them in southern New South Wales and hang them in a cool room with their skin on. So it was all phenomenal, and there was hardly any waste. But skinning them oh, with a, a knife, bloody pain. And, and some with samba, it's it, like it's hell on your knives. Even yeah, it's yeah. just so tough. So and you're cutting, you're no ripping any of it. You're cut because yeah. I've hung a few because I got to tell you because you don't dry as much meat out. Cause mm. you're, yeah. I'd hang half a beast in. If I'd shoot them at yeah. home in town, hang them in a little fridge, mm. and then I've stopped doing it with the skin on. Yeah. Even doing a leg's yeah. painful yeah. to skin the leg back off again. Yeah, yeah. Mm. and I find like. I sometimes I take part, you know, but I, I I think the best way for me and us to take part is to just buy and make videos of the way we do it. And if people appreciate it, that's good. But there's always talk on Facebook. Oh, what's the, how long do you age meet? And oh, do it like this, do this. And the amount of people say, hang with your skin on. I'm like, yeah, but like you mustn't, can you mustn't, you sk- well, you mustn't skin that many every year because it's hard work, hey. Like mm. if you're doing a couple of dozen. It'll over take the cool you months. an hour to skin a it's fellow that's been in the cool room and it'll take you, you're hanging one mm. and, it, and it's fresh and you're just doing it with knives, oh. it'll take you 20 minutes, but it'll take you an hour if it's been yeah. chilling. But it's still, if you, some people like the meat that way, they don't Absolutely. care about the skin, yeah. go for it. It's all up to you. Try yeah. it. It dries out less and you can sort of, you can get away with hanging it for a lot longer before it really goes funky because you can yeah. even have like the inside of the rib cage and that go funky but everything outside the rib cage is fine yeah know, i've so. had mold on quite yeah. a few animals absolutely <laughs> yeah some in there now that the door stayed open when i went away i'm still gonna try and eat it just spray it down with vinegar <laughs> you're right <coughs> scrape the maggots off it oh man yeah but like <laughs> so we just yeah we will no, it's not like we think we're it's worked for we you. Just get, it's, we just it's get worked to, for you. It's worked for us, but we get to do it a lot, and that's that's the main thing. Like mm, we're, we're, we do. It's not just a case of um, I'm out on my one trip for the year, and I've got something on the ground, and I like to make videos, and I'm not criticizing anybody you, at you're all. Directly just, criticizing me right there. <laughs> oh no, you got plenty of good Instagram stories about like leaning your arrows on a rock when you're climbing over something, <laughs> breaking them, and all. <laughs> but so again, we're, we're lucky. You know, we we can. We, we'll, I'll be able to go out over the next couple of weeks and we could shoot a half a dozen deer to show all these different things on a couple of times mm. if it's useful for people. We, people it we is do useful have full-time jobs. There's a, lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of people who take it 
for granted. They've just grown up with it. Yeah. It's just normal. You were saying making soap is easy. People say butchering a deer is easy. Skinning yeah. a deer is easy. Gutting That's a deer is easy. Work. But there's lots of people who would have no idea where to start mm. in gutting yeah. a deer. And no one's probably ever shown them. And then there's mm. little tricks to pulling things out, like taking the, like the poo package out. Mm. Oh, yeah. Cutting the butt hole out, stuff like that. And they should do that. It's a bad lesson to put marbles all the way through the inside of a deer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, yeah, out, like, and, 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 and uh, the, the more somebody can consume in terms of the media, then the more they can either make a decision about what they think might work best or the more they it's can the try more different stuff. Yeah, the, it's the, just, the more information you got, the more yeah. ability you have to make the choice that's best for you. Yeah. So. yeah, and then they might figure out their own way. Like we sometimes we'll do a heap of stuff the same way some like we might do a handful of deer over a weekend and we might do them all a little bit different for varying reasons you know we might not be able to drive the, well actually there are plenty we can't drive a vehicle to so we've got to take them all apart and and hike them out but sometimes if we like i mentioned before if we go out purely to get meat then we'll just whack a few in the head in the spotlight and then you've got these carcasses with the skin on you hang them up like a sheep it's yeah completely yeah. different you know because mm-hmm. the, the the taking them apart and hiking them out that's a different element to it because you as much as you can keep them clean in the field like that you see especially when i first started man like i just didn't think about how much hair i was getting on stuff and if you it, it all salt, takes is like an extra water, warm salty water wipes yeah. hair off. well i would have should have known that a few years ago because man I'm everywhere but well, again you're cutting on you're cutting the end the of winter way. and you cut the wrong way and you just put half a kilo of hair because yeah. they're half mm-hmm. shedding and they've got big thick coats yeah. and oh man it's it's ugly but, you know, you, you figure these things out. The more you do it. Mm. What's buzzing there, Toby? I don't know. Something's making it. <coughs> yeah. All right. Well, so this rut, you... was the first time you were full committed. Oh. Uh, well, I've committed proper with the bow three times. But last year, after we got married, I went out briefly after the wedding and whacked one with a rifle and I also got an infection in my elbow so I couldn't shoot my bow but how inconvenient <laughs> but uh, but yeah like I often hope I break my hand just so I can kill something <laughs> oh it's, you won't have the FOMO <laughs> it's, it's funny like if you if you just if all you do with your life is hanging on social media you'd, you'd feel like a complete failure because you didn't get one you know with your trad bow or whatever but yeah but I was like, I mean, we were talking about it before. Like, I was so happy to just do my best on these deer for a week, and the amount that my dad and I watched and we learned so much. We just saw a bunch of awesome stuff. We saw a heap of stuff that I wouldn't have seen if I had a whacked some with a rifle. And then I was t- stoked to just say, "Here, just come out and shoot one of these deer. There's a few good ones getting around. It's pretty easy." Well, you you yeah. already built up a history with that, yeah. that white buck. And I yeah, like, I just walked up and shot it. <laughs> not really that was a hard stalk I think because I was, refused to shoot off hand so it's definitely a hard it stalk hard. Com- so like, how, did you see this deer on the trail camera before you no. laid eyes on yeah no I, I had seen him on trail camera I thought it was the other one that nah, was a little bit more I had pictures of him on tan. trail camera but I didn't realise it until after I'd seen him in the flesh and then I started going back and analysing things because all the pictures on trail camera of just this one were um, at night time, so I couldn't tell what colour he was. Yeah, well, you wouldn't be able to tell if he's chocolate or white. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So mm. I just, I figured he might have been light, but we just hadn't quite mm. analysed it to that degree. And um, 
So the oh well yeah the first afternoon we went out we saw dad and I saw him in the paddock with a bunch of does and it was late enough in the rut where I knew rattling or whatever would be a bit of an issue so I was trying some doe calls and he could hear me and he showed a bit of interest but he just wasn't leaving his girls and over a handful of days afterwards we'd find him in roughly the same area but he'd usually be in the thick stuff there was one time I was getting a really good stalk on him in the pines and uh, all of his does took off because another buck came in and screwed the whole show up at first I thought I did something wrong I was like no there's no way and um, there was a I mean did they go far? oh not too far but in an area that would have been hard to I mean it was hard to follow him up anyway like it was really hard walking through there so the behaviour of the does so when the does were left did they keep looking back at the buck? no they they actually went yeah, they went, and I could and I could hear the buck croaking again within a few minutes afterwards, and they'd gone a really long way. It was yeah, I don't know, I don't know. There was also there's always interesting stuff like that. Well, there was a, a handful of times over those couple of days as well. There was a lot of activity on the neighbouring farm there. There was someone riding around quad bikes and that. So I reckon that was having a bit of an impact on how flighty they the does were because they could hear it easy enough. And there was yeah. We heard him in that spot every time we went out from then on, but we weren't focusing on him because there was a couple of others out in the open. Uh, when I say out in the open, it, you could crawl through the long grass um, okay. And there was this big fight that uh, between these bucks that I told you about and people might have seen on my Instagram page. And um, Yeah, he had some pretty cool yeah, slow-mo oh, footage of those. So good. Like, Yeah, Dad was getting it all in like 240 frames on his camera. I can't wait to put that together and show people. Like we were just so lucky to see it. But then, did, did you listen? Did you hear? The, did you work out off that fighting behaviour? Though that would have been a long fight, wouldn't it? Versus a short one for your rattling. Yeah. Did you listen? Yeah, to the, absolutely. The clash and then the grinding between yeah, the two. Yeah. It's um. Sliding. And the longer it went on, the more that that have a big rest, and then it'd be a whack whack, and they were getting buggered. And locked up. Yeah, they? it's funny because Dad was looking around taking photos of birds at the time because he, well, because the, there's one buck having a croak, you know, with all of his girls on the scrape, and I started basically crawling towards him, and I had about 150 meters to make. So Dad's like, "Well, I'm going to be here for a while." So he's looking at, so, and then he hears a, a bit of a whack, and he's like, "Oh, Dylan must be having a rattle," and he looks up, and I'm just, you know, on my belly, and I don't know, I might have been 100 meters away. The bucks were just going toe to toe, and like I said, it must have. It would have been about 15 minutes, I reckon. Yeah. It was ages. And on a lot of this footage towards the end of it, you can see just how much, how heavy they're breathing. Um, Fine until they're exhausted. Yeah, well, look, I, I still, I need to go back and have a bit of a look because the bigger one may be dead over the fence there somewhere. Like, just the way he ran off, like he was rooted. And the the younger, well, the, the smaller one who sort of came back to that scrape after the fight even though all the does were gone like you can see on this footage he's just got his tongue hanging out like he's on the verge of consciousness yeah foaming at the mouth oh he was just it was like i thought he was going to collapse it took him ages to recover like an hour to get to the point where he even was looking somewhat alert yeah and uh anyway on top of all this um that a particular really big cull buck was occupying the middle of that paddock. So this big white fella that Kira ended up shooting wasn't in that spot. And then the morning Kira came out was after this big fight. So the big cull had been pushed away. So did you ever see him again then? 
never saw him again, but always assumed that the croaking up in the direction that he went was him because he took all his girls with him. And then when we came back um, the next morning, we could hear a bunch of croaking there and we're thinking, oh, this is, oh no, the, the morning after the fight actually there was a bunch of croaking in that spot at the same scrape, but it was the buck who had beat him, had beat him with a bunch of girls. Nowhere near as many girls though. See, it's, well, they, they peaked, so you can't just steal them all. Some of the girls would have followed the loser. Exactly. The fight, exactly. They'll, they'll go with the and then the morning after, we went out, and I was sitting there with Kira and Dad, and we could hear in that spot. I'm like, oh, that might be the you know the crappy one who won that fight. And then we get a bit closer, like, holy crap, it's a big white one. So, I'd be interested in your take on that. Whether maybe he's come in, and and the girls who were with the crappier one who won the fight were like, oh, this white one's way cooler, or what? I don't know. And also, <coughs> excuse me. Um, there was one point where we were mucking around with that big old cull fella and then everything had just, like, he, he was croaking way off in the distance and then just, I don't know where that white one was just tearing out of the scrub, like, hundreds of metres away from where this other one was and was trotting, like, making a beeline straight for where those other croaks were. No girls with him at all. And Dad and I were like, what the hell is he doing? So I thought, well, if he's looking for a fight, I'll give him one. So I got in some cover and rattled a bit and tried some doe calls. And he showed a bit of interest, but not really. And then he went back in the scrub. And I, I, I mean, like I said, you know way more than what I would about that. But the fact that he left his does and was like hundreds of meters out in the open away from him, like looking like he was going to look for the fight. Is that... Have you, have you, did you see him though, separate from the other buck with does? Separate from the other buck with those. Like when those two were fighting, did he have his own little scrape? He was croaking out prior to that. Yeah, yeah, I'd seen him in there a couple of times before. And when I first saw heaps of girls. Yeah, and when I first saw that white fella, he was in a different part of that open paddock with a bunch of girls. So I was just in like again, he had no girls with him. He was just running out into the open. It was like it was almost like he was just going to check a scrape and then come back in. Maybe I don't yeah. know. Yeah, it's hard. To, I don't know. Cause I've got video. I'll show you. Talking to Pat, he has after a buck this year and it spent the entire rut on the sidelines, one of the biggest deer on the scrape. Yeah, right. And then at the end of the rut, he went in for a couple of days and kicked every other buck's ass. Yeah, right. But before that, he just sat out on the sideline. So I'd, I got no idea. Yeah, maybe. Because you could say, hey, if you had six days, you'd service them all and they're all done. And so, then he's moving to the next. Because where I hunt yeah. in the thick stuff, we like two or three here, two or three there. And I watched one guy serve his last doe. I was saying to you, um, served her, and just rolled off and then walked off. And yeah. he's gone. Completely left the gully. Just went yeah. somewhere else. So I don't know whether he did scrapes or he went to sit on a scrape up the hill and have a rest. And then that later that night, he might have started croaking, looking for a fresh, yeah. fresh tail to chase. Well, it would be interesting to know. I don't know if we've got enough footage of that white one with all of his girls. Like, there was some footage Dad got you know, where he's in the pines. You never look at the girls, but I reckon if you look close enough, you start recognising some. Yeah, I'd like to see if, if some of the ones when Kira shot him are the same as the ones we saw him with a few days yeah. prior. Or what, yeah. Because um, there's be old does that I... <coughs> one yeah. block I hunt, they guard the scrape. This year they didn't. Like I said, a lot of the deer got shot that I usually that yep. I've hunted the last ten years. There's scrapes there that have not been touched the third time, and I've hunted the blocks thirteen years. Yeah, it's right. the first time the scrapes hunted, so they've all shot. They've all been shot these bucks, but they'd be does, and I'd know not by seeing them, but by her behaviour. That's the same damn doe that was there the last four years, and she's yep. not. Mm. She didn't care. She was a picky. Whatever buck was dominant on that scrape, she stayed there. But she'd also have my number 
every time. So, yeah, look, don't worry about the young ones. Hard to recognise. Have a look at see if you can pick out the older ones. Yeah, we'll have They're to all go different through. sizes. Yeah. Different body shapes. Mm. Got... So the way... It'd be interesting. No one looks at the girls. Well, mm. I was paying a lot more attention to them this year because I knew they'd be the ones who'd be my undoing. And in a way, they were because the times when I really had to put a massive move on when they were fighting or whatever, I was still having to navigate the does before I could yeah. put the move on, you know, because they could wake up from the fight or stop fighting and see all the girls are gone and be like, oh, well, we've got to go find them. And here I am, like, you know, sprinting towards them. So that was interesting to navigate as well. Um, but So the way it all panned out was um, I'd hunted my guts out for close to a week with my dad, got a lot of footage witnessed a lot of awesome behavior um shot a pig while in the middle of stalking the bucks and we just had a great time uh not just because it was good but also because it was significantly better than the last two years and certainly last year i had probably a week to hunt before kira and i got married and there just wasn't there just wasn't much activity very quiet barely saw anything in the open I could hear a few croaks in the thick stuff, so we're walking in there and trying blind rattling. Just nothing was happening. So the fact that we got to just observe full-on ruck behavior again for the first time in a handful of years was really good. And I ended up calling up Kira. We had like a bit of a family barbecue in town. And I said, Kira, you know, just bring your rifle and just come out one of these mornings. Had you seen the deer before this? Had he come home and showed you photos? No, no, no I was sitting on the phone. He sent me some in camp as well. <laughs> Like, just these the, terrible the recordings from the laptop on his phone <laughs> to me. I'm like, oh yeah, cool. Yeah, looks, yeah, looks fun. Awesome, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm just, I've been talking Terrible every quality, night. But so yeah, he, he has a reception there. So I knew yeah. what he was up to and I was just adamant I was not going out until he had... Exhausted all his options. Yeah, yeah. Because there was no way I'm going to go out. Because he, he always yeah puts other people first when he's out hunting with them. Always, so... I yeah, knew but... he'd just go, okay, well, now it's your turn as soon as I got there. And if it was peak rut where he had the opportunity to get in close with his recurve, I just, yeah, couldn't have done it. Well, yeah, because Kira But saw... then eventually I think I, fe- I felt that he'd sort of gone, I'm done. He wanted you I'm to like, finish okay. it so he could come home. <laughs> I think he might have. <laughs> the last couple Torches. of years, like, I come home after flogging my guts out with the recurve and I'm like, Depressed. He's oh, horrible. Just mentally. I said this horrible. year, I was like, all right, yeah, if so, someone could have told me something, like it showed me a kit and I would have cried. And yeah, the end of this yeah. year, I was so like, are you okay? I'm like, I'm just, I'm just done. Yeah. Walking around with my recurve, I've got nothing. And I'm, yeah. and, I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm like already looking forward to next year to try and do it again, but it's literally like 355 days away. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, I told her, I was like, look, at, I, I said, I would be because this this white deer we're talking about, like he's a he's a really good deer for the area. Like it's not known for monsters in the property where I've been going, but a really good representative he's deer, mature, even absolutely, palm, big yeah. Deer. And I was, and I was just saying, look, I'd love for you to come out and shoot him because Kira, um, in twenty nineteen, Kira shot a couple of good bucks, and and I did too, all with rifles. But this one was significantly better than all of those ones. And I just said, look, you know, I'd love for you to come out and shoot him, and it'd also give Dad and I. Uh, well, me an excuse to start skinning one out and cutting it up because I love 
all mm. that field dressing. And my dad's also sitting there with all of his camera gear going, look, I need someone to get something on the ground. <laughs> I need a closure to this story. It's going to be another year of just all this B-roll of Dylan walking through the scrub and just rattling and making some calls. <laughs> that's Toby's Instagram stories that never make it yeah. to social media. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Days of nothing. Yeah. I just had to come out and finish it off, didn't I? Yeah. I Although, I'm pretty sure... Yeah, something like that. I'm pretty sure Dill was certain that it wasn't the white buck, which was the best one that he'd seen in that particular spot. He's like, nah, the white one's over that way, but oh, this one's just here. Yeah, yeah, this one's just here. We'll, we'll just go this way, I reckon. He thought it was the other buck for sure, and he's like, I'll just save the other one for the me cull. for next year. I, look, I, honestly, <laughs> he thought it was nah. the cull, and I now we went, was... and there he was, this beautiful white creature. Wouldn't have mattered either way. No, I thought it was just the no, easiest one to stalk like at the time, things. mate. Like, I was like, I know he's out at that big scrape in the middle, and I know exactly where he is. Well, you don't take yeah. this chance. That fella I took out this year, and it was the first morning, and everyone I've taken out hunting with a rifle, we've shot a deer before 8 a.m. It's just no different. But I said, if we see this deer, it's going to, I don't, you're not going to kick yourself if we don't shoot on mm. the first day, the first morning. So the best opportunity, the same deal. There's a buck croaking right there and we get there and it's yeah. a good one. There's no point walking past one to get to another one if you don't yeah. take a look. And there's the same thing. It's like, that's the good deer. And he's like, sure. I said, yep, shoot it. <laughs> and he shot it. And then probably, yeah, we hunted. And wouldn't have had the opportunity. He would have the opportunity on maybe one similar deer. Mm. But if you don't take those opportunities on those deer, mm. regardless, you got to look at them all. Yeah. Yeah. So you might have gone to the other deer. Mm. If you'd gone and gone, oh, the white one's the other one. Let's go to the other one. You go yeah. to the other one, and, it, and it's a stickhead croaking. <laughs> yeah. Back well, and the white one's gone. That, yeah. that the fact that the really good one was in the open that morning was that was just luck. Like. Uh, like we just happened it was the first one we looked at mm. it, you know and like because again we wanted some meat I know they're stinky bucks but we still eat them all we still enjoy skinning them out we still have a lot of fun and again like um, as much as <coughs> as much as it's uh, I didn't get one with my bow or whatever like we spoke about it at the podcast before like something that Kira and I like our favourite thing to do together is go hunting so the fact I'm out in the bush and, and we joke about this all the time like god damn it Kira you know like you you're making me look bad or whatever but really like mm-hmm. that like we enjoy spending time together and that's what we do you know and and it's, so i'm not at all worried about the fact that the mm-hmm. first morning we, we took Kira out the one i was after was out there because <laughs> probably enjoyed it just as much if not more so the fact i could be there with Kira and and, and mm-hmm. enjoy that moment too was awesome well there's a mate down south and he'd watched a buck and his mate yeah you would but and he missed it twice and he's took his wife out the next day. <laughs> she just fixed it the... for me. <laughs> yeah, oh, she... Second year in a row, she shot the biggest buck <laughs> for the rut. That's yeah. crazy. But he's still, he doesn't, he's shot enough to ear. He doesn't really, yeah. Yeah. it's not here nor there. Yeah. Like it's, it's not a big deal. So <laughs> yeah. he's quite content. And I guess you're the same because it's, if you sit in your house, there's not, you're not, you haven't got your own mounts everywhere. It's not, you're not all about that. It's nice to have a nice head, but you're yeah. about everything. That's that's yeah. that's the ten percent. Mm. Well, and then, all that yeah. other stuff. And as it's well, the same so. as when I talk about the the rifle stuff versus the bow stuff. Like I'm like I was actually getting anxious thinking about how um, I might come back in a week with a rifle. And he might be the one who walks in front of me and I shoot him. Because, again, I'd be like, this is a sick deer, but I'd be like, oh, you know, like... Mm. And that's not a criticism of 
anyone shooting with a rifle. No, that's just... purely just me. Oh, that's but, the same uh, me. Yeah, I it's just me. Battled myself, even though I shot the biggest deer I shot in my life. Yeah. I battled with myself all the way down. I don't care what anyone else does, but I'm like... I'm hard on myself big mm. time. Like, I'm like, oh, it's just like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you wouldn't have got it with the bow. Just, just <laughs> but that's what it is. It. Yeah. Like, you, you, you're not trying to justify to anybody. It's not no, like, and, and, you, and you enjoy putting stuff that. on social media because you like talking with people like me or whoever yeah. about all these awesome animals. But you're but, working your guts off to yeah. achieve your own goal and then you didn't. Yeah, when we say your own goal, like my goal was to shoot one with a recurve because I still haven't shot. But you a, still wanted to deer. shoot a mature animal because yeah. you, you didn't want to shoot a spike. Huh? Well, look, I probably would have, but <laughs> well, but that's well, but it's almost like I'm so happy with the way the whole thing planned out or panned out. I'm I'm now even more looking forward to next year. So, so I, I, it's and it's, again, it's just a, it's very much just me within myself. I'm so stoked. I didn't shoot one with a rifle even because it's like, man, it's just going to make it even better next year. That's yeah, all it is. Yeah. And I'm stoked to like, man, we had so much fun that morning cutting that deer up, mm. um, and just skinning him out. And Dad was going nuts with his drone. And again, he's he's the best deer Kira's has ever shot by a very long way. Um, so I was, I was just stoked that I was like, look, I've got to enjoy some success here, but I still get to sort of have that little story of, yeah, I didn't, I didn't get one. I didn't even take a rifle and get yeah. one. That's how hard I am on myself. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just had to get my wife to do it. <laughs> it doesn't count. <laughs> no, no, no. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't look good for anyone else. It's all for us. Like, yeah. it's yeah. no one else. Like, I don't care that you worked a whole week and didn't get one but I can sympathise. Yeah, yeah. I know exactly how you <laughs> yeah. are, but it doesn't worry me. Like, yeah. it wouldn't worry me if you went and got with a rifle, but I'm the same. Yeah. It's like, I, yeah, I I did shoot one with a gun, but... Oh, but if, I mean, who, who wouldn't shoot that with a rifle if it was like, in front of a mate? But, yeah, <laughs> even me and I'm a buddy. Yeah, it was only one day I took the gun. I never took it any other day. I just needed, I wanted meat that day and came home with 15 kilos of meat or whatever it was, but... I said 15 kilos of antler, mate. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah. I just, oh, I was hard on odds. Yeah, I really up myself mm. the whole way home. I was talking <laughs> to myself the whole way down. <laughs> of course you were. <laughs> what a mad combo. So. Well, it's nice to sit here and have a conversation with someone who's, well, you're a much more successful bow hunter than I am, but you like, sound similarly. I've just shot more arrows, that's all. Well, yeah, similarly, <laughs> I'm saying, because, like, I mean, but Kira, Kira totally understands, like, my whole obsession with the bow thing, but, but it's still. You'd a, probably get up, yeah, if you did come back and grab the gun and turn around and drive back just to shoot one. I'd be like, you better make it two, because yeah. that's a lot of diesel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but but again, like and the, th- this was in the middle of like the peak diesel prices as well. Yeah, so yeah, he needed to later. come home with yeah. something. Yeah. But hunting for hunting for us is as much about like we talked about before, like our household and the meat and stuff. Like it's yeah. it's it, I don't mean to say like. We rely on it, but it's, you pride but, yourself in yeah, in relying yeah, on it yeah. That's like right. we, you choose to, yeah, you like we go out and, 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 and we'll shoot a few, and, and like I said, I'm going to pick up a rifle probably next weekend. I might shoot a few deer. Sick. Like I'm not. Have you, have you ever worked? You, you should one day just work out for the year how many kilos of of mm. meat you don't yeah well, don't actually pay for, but they say oh you still have to pay for fuel. You still got to drive to Woolworths. You still got to drive to the mm. butchers. Yeah, but it'd be interesting to see. 
per kilo, just say you went off 20 bucks a kilo because you just average out your good cuts versus mm. your shit cuts. And if you weighed everything you brought home at 20 bucks a kilo, which is cheap because lamb's bloody expensive, pork mm. and beef. I mean, beef's expensive too now. Yeah, mate. it's all 20 would be cheap. But and then you It'd worked it out. You could, to work compare. Out, you could work out a figure. Mm. I would compare it to the diesel cost because that's a hell of a long, much longer way. Well, when you to... drive a, 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 an old Land Cruiser, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a, it's <laughs> a bit thirsty. But it would be butchers, interesting. You don't, buy, you don't buy sixty kilos of meat from the butchers in one no. shop. You buy it. Yeah. No, no, you might buy yeah, you whatever buy you can fit in the trolley. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The only time so we've tracked it is when. I was shooting you in the drought and I wanted to be able to tell the farmer, I'm up to this many now, I'm up to this many now, just so they felt like I was... It was more like, you're not for ego, just I'm interested to know if shooting this many is going to make a difference in this patch, mm. you know? Yeah. And and we haven't really kept count of anything since... Oh, I've kept count of all the stuff I've killed with my trad bows because, you know, I don't have to count real high. Still on one hand. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm up to two ends now. Oh, yeah, look, mum, yeah. to it, yeah. But uh, that's something interesting to do, actually. Mm. We should just one year, one just calendar year, just get some scales and say. It's you like know. you say, though, it's not about that, but it would be very interesting. Oh, it'd just be great if you ever having to have mm. a conversation with anyone. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was just saying. Look, yeah, we've worked it absolutely. out. We sort of we 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 save two and a half thousand dollars a year in mm. meat by producing our own. Well, and how much do we give away it. as yeah. well? That would be an interesting oh, yeah, well, statistic. Yeah. But like I have said, started actually weighing out some of the portions of like mince and stir fry that we make up, but I haven't weighed like a shoulder or it'd be a, a just, round just or a silver fish side. Scales and weigh the whole animal, when you, and you just count mm. the bones because you buy a shoulder, a lamb shoulder's got the bones in it. Yeah. It depends on if we bring the whole animal home, though. Yeah. Sometimes we'll just bring home the sections. Well, having said that, though, like... Well, that's that's about yeah. 40 kilos, isn't it? Generally, fellow. You well, take two legs, the back straps, the neck, front shoulders. We were thinking about Maybe that cause, because uh, I, With again, the I, I like to... If we need to, I like to pack a whole deer out in one go because it makes me feel tough, but it's also <laughs> efficient. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And, and 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 again, not for the sake of ego, but for the sake of like, oh, well, I wonder that's how the only much. Reason I did it. <laughs> I how, well, like, it's not like I'm trying to big note to anybody else, but when when it's like when people say, oh, you know, what's a good backpack, and I say, well, here's what I use. It'd be nice to be able to say, that's by right, the way, the loads are always about X. I, I always say oh, I've carried out a whole fallow deer with a head dozens of times. Yeah, but I don't know how much variation. It's, it's probably there is. 35 kilos, I'd say, for it. With mm. with the heads, the killer. Yeah. yeah, I carried, yeah. I took one I shot, not last year, the year before, it's probably the third buck shot with a recurve. I did on Instagram, he saw me shoot, saw him croak and saw yeah. me shoot him. So I did some mud on your face and looking all yeah, that sexy. Was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and he was an old buck, so I carried, and this one I stabbed myself in the leg as well when oh. I was cutting him up. And um, <laughs> I didn't get to the hospital for three days, and when I did, they're like, you should have come, and I got sewn up. Mm-hmm. But, um, had to that, take a bit before they sewed it, kind of thing. It just kept opening back up. Yeah. I was going to staple it, but I'm not that yeah. tough. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that backpack was 40 something kilos mm. with the two back legs, the front legs, mm. back straps, and the head. Yep. So I'd reckon you're looking at 30 to 40, depending on the animal, if you took all the meat and without a head. Yeah, well, I always, I always figured that my backpacks would be somewhere between. 40 and 50 because I'm always got my tripod and my camera gear and a bunch of other crap as yeah, well. Yeah, well, that's between... Yeah. I used to carry it all the time. Now, I don't even 
I don't carry food now. I just carry <laughs> just carry two and a half liters of water. That's it. Mm. But it used to be between my backpack was between seven and twelve kilos. Yeah, that's yep. what it was without anything in it. Mm. Yeah. And but now I'm just yeah. I don't even take like this year. I was the big shot that big deer. I didn't have a tripod. I didn't have anything at all. I was when like, I say people like that, I'm saying God, what I would give I've to be there the with my like camera that. to get good photos. Oh yeah, I could have made that thing look like a moose. But mm. back in the day, wide angle lens, low aperture, all that stuff. But anyway, I just now I'm just I think that's laziness. Mm. I don't care about the photos or anything else. I just go and hunt. It's but it, no, it, it's it is it's a burden. Like I I, was, I talk to my dad about it all the time because. I'm actually going to get a clip so I can have my camera on my shoulder strap so it's just always there if I want to. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, so like if you want to have it on your pack. tripod ready to go and you've got your bow and then you've yeah. got to put it down when it's you get a glass. It's worse with the recurve. I know. Because it's more awkward. Yep. That's, it's the, that is probably all the reason is the only time I have a camera in the XO is because I can zip it from behind my head mm. and yeah, pull right. it out of the back of the pocket, yep. take a few photos, put it back in and then I don't even take because I've got the Sony A7 yep. three or whatever it is. I'm like, I'm not going to take that. I'll break it. It's yeah. too expensive. So I've got a cheapie and I just like, I just don't take photos anymore. Yeah, no, I'm I'm heavily motivated by the photography because it's one of my favorite things to do. But that's one of my, re- one again, one of the reasons why I love hunting. I love hunting by myself a lot, but I also love hunting with other people, like especially with Kira because I can just be camera bitch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, Kira does all the stuff. Kira shoots the stuff. I'm like, and again, Kira hasn't killed as much stuff as what I have. So, Oh, yeah. I get as much of a kick out of getting her to get some more stuff on the ground. I just get the muck around with the camera, get the moody shots. I love it. Yeah. But doing it at the same time when you're by yourself, oh, it's just a huge burden. At the start of the year when I went out to out west and we shot all them pigs and I posted all the videos of me slow-mo. Well, I took the same with the other guys over there because I love it. Stand over the yeah. shoulder and get that slow-mo, the arrow flight and everything. Or this year when we slow-moed, but you can't see it. You see the puff of the smoke coming out of the gun and mm. then the deer drop. Yeah, it's all cool stuff. Yeah, man. Anyway, we better wrap it up because I've been awake for a lot of hours. <laughs> I'm stuffed. Many, many hours. So, yeah, I'll to work tomorrow, yeah. 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 I'm struggling today at work, let alone tomorrow. Mm. Someone else will be in the office to keep me awake, so I'll be fine. But yeah, thanks, guys, for coming on. Yeah, the sort of the. We've had couples early on, but not as, as whole. Some like the whole story you guys do everything mm. it's, it's really refreshing to see so yeah looking forward to these videos and I'm sure there's lots of people out there that will you won't you may or may not hear it from them but there'll be plenty of people who and I know this because of stories that they have no idea what they're doing but they don't like people to know it so when you guys come along and put a video so on, just see some like, like a little tiny, there's a little quiet cheer from the background because one, you're reinforcing that people know they oh, I'm doing it right. Yeah. Or two, they go, fuck yeah. Someone tell me how to Quick do it. Quick rewind. All, yeah, yeah. So it, it'll, it'll, there, there's lots of videos out there, mm. but you're going to be, uh, yeah, the, you literally do everything you say you're going to do. So yeah it's pretty cool oh thanks for having us on man and uh, thanks for coming to dinner and thanks for bringing that head <laughs> so we could have a look at it we'll, we'll run a tape over the other one it really does dwarf mine <laughs> yeah well, that's what I mean like you know the, that white gear that, uh, deer that Kira shot is like one of the biggest deer I've seen in the, on the hoof because the genetics aren't super good I mean 
not that I'm, that's my main motivation, but it's a really nice deer. And then you sit that one of yours next to it, and it's just no comparison. That's beautiful. Like, just mm. a different, different league. This is a freak. Mm. <laughs> 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 All right. Till next time. Till next time, man. See you all later. Thank you for listening to the Hunting Camp Down Under podcast. If you would like any information from today's show, please don't hesitate to contact us on huntingcampdownunder at gmail.com or simply hit us up on any of our social media outlets on Instagram or Facebook. Be sure to join us next week for another awesome episode and we look forward to sharing another story from Hunting Camp Down Under. Bye for now.